This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to this year's first sports feed it, at, here at Purple Radio. The time is 6.05 and uh, I am your host Rob Morrissey and I'm, I'm back with last year's star performer, Harry T- Hannah. How are you, Harry? I'm very well, Rob. Yeah, it's lovely to be in a studio this time. It um, is. It's very know, strange, isn't it? We, we only met two weeks ago. We were yeah. stuck... Uh, <laughs> on zoom and uh trying our best to put out sports feed then but i think uh yes yeah, it's, it's almost sports feed 2.0 Sto- sports feed reloaded a uh, new cast yeah. new crew new sports studio. feed electric boogaloo Absolutely. here we go yeah and we've got two brand new pundits with us ollie and henry how are you two doing i'm doing very well thank you yeah i'm very this is my first time on purple radio very much looking forward to getting stuck into some some sporting debates <laughs> yeah some deep sporting analysis that's what's going to come straight at you mm-hmm. what about you Henry how are yeah, you yeah great great to be here great to be with everyone uh, same same as Ollie first time here but um, I think we've got a big pack show lots to uh, lots to get through yeah loads loads to talk about so it's great to be here with everyone and uh, in a in a great studio with a great setup yeah we do with relation to what we're going to be talking about uh, today obviously we're going to start off talking about the probably the talking point of the weekend the United Liverpool game which has made me very very happy then we will uh, move on to talk about some of the commentaries we've been doing the last week and look forward to to some of them as well then uh, depending on time we might have a chat about some rugby about some autumn nations tests and then obviously ending ending the night with a lovely bit of any other business as we always do but firstly I want to get to know you two better you know you've your first time on radio so I'll start with you Ollie what is your what is your sporting interests well I'm um, this is actually probably a strength of mine um because I can't really play sports <laughs> at all I can ski and I do a little bit of running but um but I take great interest in sort of following sports so people have always sort of plagued me with the question over the years I how 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 can you talk about sports when you can't play any yeah. well I, I kind of well it's quite similar with harry and football actually <laughs> isn't it it's funny you must just say that rob actually uh well you know we'll go into that another day maybe perhaps you'll be able to commentate on one of my games but uh <laughs> perhaps I, I'd, I'd say my football brain was perhaps better than my football feet but, yeah. <laughs> what about you henry yeah i love all all sport live sport is i think a, a big big passion of mine it's my way of kind of escaping from mm work and everything uh big football fan following the the ups and downs of ipswich town mainly downs <laughs> but um but yeah i love cricket as well um cricket and tennis i mean all sport really but uh but yeah i can i can waffle away for hours about sport and i think that, um, we all feel the same oh definitely and something you said that actually just made me have a thought how are we feeling about going you know live sport going to actually be able to watch a sporting game has any of you been to many live events since you since you've been able to uh, I personally haven't. Um, I haven't. I haven't been. But to be honest, I I, re- I used to go to the Emirates. I'm an Arsenal fan all the time. Uh, but I can see why you haven't been back yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite to be honest, it, it is a little bit. You, you know, once you're out of the loop, is it's hard to. You, you know, do you just click straight back into the loop? I haven't yet. But um, but yeah, I, I I'm quite looking forward to to going and watching. Do you, oh, I've, I'm completely mistaken. <laughs> um, I did watch a live game last night. Uh, it was in the 
floodlit cup yes. actually um uh sat, i watched i'm south college and i watched south college um last night uh which was very good fun and i have watched a couple of du football games as well but i was what? i was more thinking like professional yeah. <laughs> games but yeah no. how did uh, how did south perform well it was a thrilling game actually yeah. I, I can't lie um and my housemate was actually I'd, I'd like to stay, say he was the star player, uh, Yusuf Asawa. He, um, because uh, shout out to him. Sh- huge <laughs> shout out to him. It, so it was South versus Eustonov. Um, Eustonov play college ball. Well, it was more of a preliminary. It was a preliminary kind of rounds. yeah. It was a qualifying round for the. For the floodlit cup, I did not know the floodlit cup side. This had is, yeah. What, 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 so should be covering this. Well, <laughs> so it is football. Okay, it's football. Uh, only four teams are in the qualifying rounds. I think so. Right. Houston of because it's a postgraduate college, South College, and then I I don't know what the other two are, um, but but yeah, it was uh, South went well. Houstonov went two nil up in the first half. My um. Uh, user who was captain of South. I have quite a large inside scoop on this. He was uh, he's cap- radio exclusive. Here <laughs> yeah, on he was captain of South, and he j- he just kind of lost his his marbles at, in the halftime team talk. I think he <laughs> I think he gave them a bit of a hair dry treatment. Alex Ferguson esque. Yeah, w- quite. Um, he then the the side then came out in the second half and uh, uh, with a couple of substitutes um, as well. And I think they were just well, they were a completely changed side uh and um so then swiftly after half time they scored and then Yusa scored the equalizer and then it went to penalties oh indeed it was thrilling but south actually were pretty flawless in their penalties because they scored all four penalties uh and the keeper saved two of the four that uh so what I'm hearing here is South College should go to the England camp and teach them how to take penalties. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you really need to reopen that wound now? <laughs> that that was let's, really let's move low. on past that as, <laughs> as we can. But um, I think that just shows the joys of college sport. Joy, absolutely. And um, what about you, Henry? Consume much live spot. Absolutely, absolutely. It was all I was pining for in the over the the, the lockdown. Yeah. Uh, so I was did all the Euros, all the games in the Euros. Um, all the cricket over the summer just you know i was i was back and have been at it i've been at portman road um the last couple of weekends as well yes it was uh yes it was just i just had to be back you yeah. know what i mean i think oh, it's, it's, it's it's good and I'm, i hope it you know it can continue because i think we all need it and uh i think we all realized as well uh, i'm sure you felt the same that that watching sport with no one in the stadium was uh pretty pointless oh definitely really? I, I can't really imagine how we did it now, now <laughs> that we're back you know especially the, like the game yesterday and you could hear Can you imagine, the, yeah. the, the velocity in the, in the stands what about you Harry did you consume much yeah so I was at the 100 over the uh, over yeah. summer which was lovely seeing you know all sorts of new faces at the cricket um, and that was nice in a way there was sort of a reset almost for cricket to bring in new fans as well as old ones um, that was a lot of fun been, been to Stamford Bridge a couple of times as well um, nice. And I think, yeah, it's nice to see that regeneration of uh, sporting interest and passion um, on display. Would you like to hear uh, what I watched? We would. The Please. Mighty Northwich Victoria versus Wibbenshaw Town. Uh, step seven of non-league, Classic, which is the 11th division of, of, profe- of well, not professional football, of the football pyramid. <laughs> My local town, Northwich Victoria, which is the, uh, the 12th oldest club in the country, a founding member of the second division, and had the oldest continuously played in football ground in the world. 
drill field lane until it got knocked down and made into houses. Good for them. I know. Um, and they were, they were in the conference not that long ago, about about ten years ago. But they, uh, the owner was a drug dealer and he got arrested and <laughs> kind of went off a cliff from there. But watched the mighty game against Wimshaw Town, Town from Manchester, who was in the was in the league, and I saw. I kid you not, the greatest goal I've ever seen in my life. Talk us through. So it was, he'd been, Women's Short Time were all over the place. The goalkeeper was an absolute shocker. And uh, like the first goal was just, he, he parried it straight into the attacker and the attacker had scored. But the third goal, this guy's picked it up, you know, just at the halfway line. And the whole game we've been shouting keepers off his line as a joke. But this guy must have taken about five strides into the half and lobbed the keeper. Keeper's barely off his line and it's just gone in. And it went mental. Unreal. It was absolutely Seeds. incredible. Oh, absolutely. Limbs everywhere. <laughs> you can, there's a video on YouTube, and there's just me behind the goal. My pint goes flying in the air, and I'm just celebrating. I think we'll have that on Purple Radio Sports Instagram. What was the final score? The final score was 3 0. Okay. It was brilliant. I mean, since so, at that point, they went top of the league, it was three games in. They've dropped to 11th, but there's only three points between 11th and 4th in the league. So it's. Uh, you never know. Yeah, I know. Promotion, I think it could happen. And guess who I also saw in that there? Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage. Yeah, he was oh, just right. he was just getting a hot dog, and not a single person interacted with him. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> <Not them. a, laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely hear better punditry here. Oh yeah, oh, so well, just John Terry once said, you know, you don't bother listening to Robbie Savage. He's not got anything sensible to say. <laughs> I think he'd listen to us. I think if I criticised John Terry, he'd probably tune in. And he'd, you know, yeah. Back in the day, he would have made a few adjustments based on. Oh, definitely. Radio. I think Robbie Savage should listen in for a bit of advice as well. Yeah, well, I'll send him an Instagram DM later. And see, uh, we'll see if we can get him on the show. Maybe you never know. You never know. Any other any other pundits you can't stand? Can't stand any other pundits? Surprisingly, I can as a Liverpool fan. Actually, I, I don't like him, but I, I do tolerate Gary Neville. Okay, uh, I'm not never going to say the word like. It's not going to happen. Tolerate. Tolerate does happen. Uh, that's pretty good praise, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> who who else can I not? Owen? Oh, J- J- Jermaine Genus. Jermaine Genus. Jermaine Genus. Cannot stand Jermaine Cannot Genus. stand Jermaine There Genus. are a lot of... I could rattle off a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Steve McManaman. Yeah. We're quite spoiled for choice here. <laughs> <laughs> In this category specifically, we could go on for days. <laughs> oh, Owen's a good shout, though. What was the one that he said about um, the Leeds goalkeeper? I was like, oh, I watched him when he was in the academy, and he joined when he was like nineteen. <laughs> Absolutely nice rubbish. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, the the ever, well, the best the best pearl of wisdom was uh, the team that the team that scores the most often. often <laughs> <wins>. <laughs> Definitely, I, I think um, I I actually really really dislike Graham Souness. Oh, I I can see it. Yeah, yeah, because he he's actually. He, he's sort of, you know, he's he's quite respected in the punditry industry, but but I just I, I think he really unfairly criticises Paul Pogba. <laughs> it's, it's been go- doing the rounds on social media recently, and, and it's been going on for a few. He does years it for comedic well, effect yeah. now. I think. Do you think so? I think so. He knows what he's doing. But I think he's... Well, why do you not like him? Well, what is it about him? Well, it was just when Paul Pogba got four assists on the opening day of the Premier League and they and instead of going, yeah, no, to be fair, that that's a fantastic performance from him, he said, I think that's what you expect from a £100 million player. He, he didn't he cost... Just, just doesn't like him. He didn't cost £100 million. And also, do you really expect four assists over... 
38 league games. How many? I, someone did the statistics, and that's like over a hundred assists in a season. That, no one that expects is, that. That, that is, that is, yeah. that is <laughs> nonsense from Graham Sooners. <laughs> and you know, I've I've kind of been holding a grudge against him ever since he did that. There is one thing actually with Graham Sooners fits into. I do not like failed managers as pundits, right? I'm failed. Not, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I just I think if you, for example. I, I, Gary Neville Okay <laughs> v, v in the clear and obvious one I like Gary Neville And I think I wouldn't have a problem with him If he hadn't gone into management And catastrophically failed I think it's why he refrains from saying Solskjaer should get the sack Because He wouldn't have done He couldn't do a better job himself No, I've right? got no one here But then Graham Sooness did the same He had a respectable managerial career I mean the highlight of it was putting a Galatasaray flag in the middle of Fenerbahce's pitch You know, it wasn't winning anything <laughs> It was just causing a riot So <laughs> I, That's something I get it if you're an ex-player and you can criticise players' performances because they tend to be quite good players. You know, even Jermaine Genus was a good player. Um, you know, Robbie. Oh, we, could, we could do we could do a whole program on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's I, yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan of failed managers as as pundits. Interesting. I'm going to return quickly to Michael Owen because I've just got a few more gems here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Owen, describe uh, Callum hudson odoys missed spot kick in the. Uh, in the UEFA Super Cup final against Liverpool. Yeah. I'll give you this one rather Liverpool did win that. We That's did. a fantastic penalty. He'll be gutted, it went wide. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic that it's gone wide. Um, let's have a look at another good one here. <laughs> Footballers these days often have to use their feet. <laughs> um, where's another one? My favourite one, where's that? That would have been a goal. Had it gone inside the post, <laughs> I do I do love it. I mean, have you ever seen the um the helicopter advert for like Visit Dubai that he did. No, I don't know if you you've seen Michael Owen's adverts, like the one with Harry uh, Redknapp recently. When um, I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's for. It's like oh, it's a betting company, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and yeah, it's like yeah, what yeah. are your tips or whatever. And Har Harry Redknapp's like, oh, you know, I don't think I'll score that much. And Michael Owen goes, but the little fellow up front is lightning. <laughs> 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 and he did a he did a very similar one for like the Visit Dubai, but it's like twenty minutes long, and it's him like. Feature it, length. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's like him in a in a helicopter, just being like, "There's a thing, there's a thing." <laughs> it's awful. Oh, Michael Ern. He, he was a good player, though. He always oh, he won the Ballon d'Or. He's a fantastic yeah. player. I mean, a traitor, but fantastic player. <laughs> you know. And, but I don't know why he does punditry because he doesn't need the money. Because he's he's got he's got very valuable horses. He's got he's invested into assets, so he must do it for fun. Well, we we do this for fun, right? So mm. Yeah, but we're not. Maybe we're we not are. Maybe we, maybe we are, Michael. <laughs> but speaking of Michael Owen, and speaking of a player who's sadly played for both Liverpool and United, what did we make of the game yesterday? I mean, I gotta confess, I was incredibly joyous. I was happy. I was in. I was at peace. I'd probably say, you know, just watching. Where were you watching? I was just literally just watching in my living room, just by myself, just utterly content. I mean, it was a couple of alcoholic beverages in hand. I not, not a single one. Well, you, you wouldn't need it. Didn't need it. Like no. <laughs> Did you dr sure drunk off joy? Did you, you see it coming? Yeah. No, definitely. Like I, uh, my, my brother's a United fan and a very poor judge of football teams, and he uh, he called my dad yesterday and said, "Oh, you know, I think um, it'll be nil nil. I think it'll be quite cagey. I think the defenses will come out on top." And my dad relayed this to me, and I said, "That's absolutely rubbish. We're going to tear them apart." You know, look at and you, you, we saw the analysis from Paul Scholes um, for the Atalanta game. Their midfield two are so isolated and not very good at what they do that it was you could see it coming five. I'll be honest. Yeah, probably didn't expect that. But I think when once the first one went in and the second, 
it could have been an untold amount of goals. I'm actually quite, by the end of the game, I was actually slightly disappointed. <laughs> well, you wanted more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do, I do see what you mean there. I, you know, it was four in the first half. Exactly. I thought, yeah. I thought oh, they could do that again. But they they just kind of settled yeah. settled into their own tempo and, yeah. and and got the one. Like five is humiliating, but then when you go down to ten men with half an hour to go, I'm I'm, I'm looking for eight. Yeah, you mm. want to punish them, don't yeah. you? Yeah, you want to make like a really really embarrassing score. I think I think I know why they did that. I think Liverpool knew that if they really embarrassed United, they'd sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, <laughs> and then then this would never happen again. So I think uh, so I'm quite glad keeping Ole in the job. I think it, they're, they're no threat to anyone currently. Do you think that's the right decision? Do we think? Because the, the argument made by Gary Neville was, after, since the Sir Alex days, they've been quite quick to sack managers. They've not let somebody kind of have a project and develop a team. Do you think they're right to think Solskjaer is the man to do that and that they shouldn't sack him, or do you think he, sh he should be gone? Um, so this is a very interesting question. Um, <clears throat> and I have huge sympathy for... Yeah, I, I think he needs to go. I, th I think he's got to, got to go. I think when you look at the... Um, uh, when you to go, blood. <laughs> <laughs> we were all thinking it. But when, you, when you look at the, um, the experience that Ollie's had, he, he's never done it at a club. He's, you know, he was the manager of Cardiff, and he got them relegated, <laughs> and then didn't do anything noticeable. He, like, went, he went to Mould, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, that that was it. The we is is it is it Mold Welsh? No, 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 Mold. Uh, a Norwegian. Yeah, not to be confused with uh, the, the town in North Wales. No, Mold, Mold, Mold there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're any Norwegian listeners, listen, please get in touch with the pronunciation think, of that. I think he, I think he took them to the Europa League proper. E even are. even still, <laughs> it's it's the Nor it's a Norwegian team that you know you need. Premier. Uh, hold on. A Norwegian team did just beat Roma six one. So sure, <laughs> you need Premier League, if not like what, Spanish, German, French. You, you need a, a top top league um, experience oh, yeah. in, in order to take the Manchester United job. Scoring a goal in the last minute <laughs> of a nineteen ninety nine Champions League final, admirable as it though it is as a player doesn't give you qualifying managerial experience and I think <laughs> I think he's finding that out now so if we're sacking him Henry who will we bring it in well I mean look I think the first thing is he he's he's um it's as bad as it gets isn't it 5-0 at home to Liverpool I think it's untenable I think um you know the way that that first half played out was just you know you look at the squad that is that is available to him and you have to question is he getting the best out of it and the answer there's no way you could answer yes to that question especially also you know you mentioned time um he's had three years how has he improved the team how is the team better than when he came in at the start i can't see any improvement at all and that that is totally unforgivable so i think you have to look at the the list of managers who's available conte zidane you know what do what do Man United need? What what's 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 wrong? Because ultimately, I don't know if you agree, but they've got a really good squad. I mean, the squad of players they have. You looked at Sancho sitting on the bench yesterday. Do you not think that 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 squad is good enough, really, on paper to challenge at the top of the table? And therefore, they need a manager who can is used to dealing with big players, big egos, and can fight for titles. And uh, Solskjaer is not that man, clearly. Yeah, no, I I, I think they're. 
I'm sorry, this conversation just made me so happy just listening. To <laughs> but uh, no, I agree. I think that the players have got a sensational, and that's you know, it, I can't remember who said somebody plays on Monday Night Football. Is it an issue with the players? Is it an issue with the manager? or Is it both? And I do think it's both because I think as sometimes players get off too easily because we say it's the manager's mm-hmm. fault. Those players are in sensationally good players. They are. So, they aren't. They are. They are. And I think, yeah, they're probably given a system which isn't going to suit them. But in that game, I was disappointed by Ronaldo. I don't think he led in that game with the way he needed to. Yeah, now I know he said before the game that he was kind of choosing his runs and whatever. But he, in those moments, you don't need to choose him. You need to drive the team forward. You know, and yeah, he, he, he scored, but it was ruled out, off. But, you know, he, he lost his head with, with Curtis Jones and yeah. he didn't lead either. And I think... That for me, that's as big an issue for United, but I think it is one potentially which can be solved by a managerial change. So, Harry, yes, who is the next Manchester United manager? I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say I think it's going to be Zinedine Zidane. Wow. Um, I think you know, Antonio Conte might be a more obvious shout, but this is Manchester United. They're not famed for you know playing defensive football, um, which you know, Antonio Conte has uh, developed the reputation for. I think Zidane, you know, his Real Madrid teams were. Um, you know they they played excellent football. They were combative, and I think you know Manchester United fans they expect something more uh, from their teams than just results. Um, you know, whereas you know at Chelsea, you, you know I think the fans will probably accept you know a, a scrappy one 0 win. You know, three points. And Manchester United, you need to play with a certain style. Um, I think embedded in the club there mm. is this sense of uh, something more than just the three points. Um, as we saw with the hounding out of Mourinho and Louis Van Gaal as well, who yeah. played in that. Style and exactly that, yeah. incredibly unpopular. The, this idea of pragmatism, it doesn't sit very well with the Stratford end. They want to see, you know, the Sir Alex Ferguson teams who were just all out. Um, you know, the fitness levels those teams had, they would they would run, they would die for their team almost. Whereas, you know, I think Antonio Conte, you know, his time at Chelsea and Juventus mm. is a lot more. You know, soaking up the pressure with this three at the back. It was more pragmatic football. Um, I don't think he'd be a very good fit. It's possible that United go down that avenue. And look, he's, his results speak for himself. Yeah, he's won pretty yeah. much everywhere he's gone. And I think a short-term solution, sure, but... But they, but they don't need one, do they? They need a much longer, more longer-term one. And something you said just then about you know how United should be playing. I think they tried last night. I think the way... Because Solskjaer was criticised for it, you know, they said afterwards, you know, why didn't you play on the counter? That's what you've been doing all season, it's where you've been getting the results you have done, but you tried to press, why have you done that? And he acknowledges, he understands what you just said, that you're playing United at all, you're playing Liverpool at Old Trafford, you should be pressing and playing quick football and whatever, but they just can't make it. So do you think it is an issue with Solskjaer, or do you think it's an issue that he hasn't figured out the best system yet? I think it's probably a bit of both, right? Yeah. And I think the most worrying thing for Manchester United is their is their defence, right? The m- amount oh, of money yeah. they've spent, I think, you know, maybe second to only Manchester City. I think they're probably you know most expensive defence in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, Harry Maguire, most expensive defender in the world. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Luke Shaw, all those years ago, and then now Rafa Varane. Um, I mean, I think they. I think someone might know this better than me. I think it's something like one clean sheet in the last thirteen. Um, oh wow! And with a team like that, I don't think that's good enough. And it comes down to look, the individuals are there. Why aren't they playing well as a team? Is that, you know, I suppose they've had injuries to Varane and then Maguire's been out and Shaw was out, so perhaps they've not gelled together as a unit. Um, but I think it does come back to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, really, and he can have as many excuses as he wants, but I don't think that's quite good enough, really, for the, the level of personnel they have. I think you need a bit more structure. If you look at what Thomas Tuchel did mm-hmm. when he came into Chelsea, you know, it took him about two or three weeks. He was playing a completely new system, and then that Chelsea team, you know, 
won the Champions League with the fewest goals ever conceded mm. in the competition by a winning team. So. And, the, and and you look at the opposite dugout as well, the unbelievable managerial performance of Klopp over the the period, yeah. especially even getting them into the Europa League with Lovren, uh, winning, getting so far in the Europa League with Lovren and these centre-backs and actually... Carrius in that. Carrius in goal, exactly. And I think... Yeah, uh, yes, we've discussed United. I think there has also got to be a word for that Liverpool performance yesterday. Oh, they, were, they were outstanding. you brought that one up. <laughs> I mean, do you think it's uh, title favourites now? 5-0 uh, away at Old Trafford? No, because Chelsea is still top of the league. So I'd, I'd still give it to the team that was top. I mean, Chelsea, let's not forget, won <laughs> 7-0 on the weekend. You know? True, very <laughs> yes, good. Very satisfied with that one. Yes, it's against possibly the worst Premier League team of all time. Good, keep going, keep quite, going. Quite clearly eclipse, you know, Derby. But <laughs> I think you're top of the league, you know, you're playing really well. So Chelsea have to be favourites, but it wasn't. It was a incredible performance. What do you think, Harry? Do you see them as a as a threat? Well, I think Liverpool have. You know, in, in recent years, they do have that. This team has a lot of experience with winning the Premier League title. That is um, true. It's pretty even, much the same team. Well, exactly that, right? They're they're used to playing with each other, um, and you know, this Chelsea team they haven't won since 2016 and 17. It's a lot of new personnel. Yeah. And sure, they won the Champions League, but I think they're very they're two very different beasts. You know, it's the same yeah. game of football, but. Winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League, they're very different. I did liken it actually the other day to when I was on the phone to my dad to Chelsea feel like what Liverpool did the year before they won the title. Mm, Playing still. really good football, um, but there's something, there's still a, still a, I can't really put my finger on it, but there's a doubt there, you know. So I think, the controversial, I don't think City will win it. I think it'll be between Chelsea and Liverpool. Are you confident? Am I confident about winning the league? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? I honestly think this is. This is Liverpool's last chance to really do something big with this current team. Then we've got to do the Sir Alex Ferguson reinvent kind of thing. And Klopp's shown he can do that. The way he's moulded the team and changed ever so slightly tactically every year to carry on developing. But I think it's a treble. Not even joking. Cool. I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to say. It's, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say it's FA Cup. We're going to clip that and then uh, <laughs> we'll come back to it at the end we'll, of the we'll season. We'll clip it when we've won a treble. You know. You know, well, you're either Nostradamus or you're, <laughs> you won't have a job here at Purple Radio, but, you know, one or the other. Because I think in Europe, I don't think there's there's not too many teams that scare me. We've just beaten Atletico Madrid at the Wanda Metropolitano, you know. A bit, got a bit fortunate, but we did. Um, and they seem to be our bogey team in Europe over the last yeah. few years. So I'm, I think we could do something there as well. And if Klopp doesn't play the kids in the cup, we could win one as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident, but I do... I fear Chelsea more than I do City because I do think playing without a striker will hurt them in at least one game which will mean they drop points I think also Guardiola's sort of he he has a mental disadvantage I feel like he he's kind of become the biggest loser in the league yeah. recently you know he he did he had that that very famous you know huge celebration against Tottenham uh, in the Champions League semi-final and then the goal was disallowed and that that sort of repeated itself in different forms you know he lost he lost to Liverpool uh, in the league uh, in was it 20, 2019 or 2020 um, and uh, like overall the uh, Man City came second and and you know he's He's just sort of on this losing trajectory, uh, and and now everyone kind of said, you don't have a striker, you need a striker, and 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 Guardiola has kind of defied that, but but 
to no great avail like they, they it seems to have been the wrong tactical decision so yeah in a way he's kind of lost to the fans as well uh to to the football pundits of the world um and and i just can't you know you, you when you go to win the league you kind of build this momentum that you're yeah. undefeatable and at the moment chelsea definitely have that and so do liverpool Man City do not. Man City yeah. are kind of getting walked. You know, they're they're kind of being walked over by by all the football pundits and and the football fans. And and I just don't. You know, they're not building any momentum, so yeah. I can't see them winning the league this year. I I, I agree. Mm. I think I think for me the striker issue is a real point. At the moment, their top goalscorer is Phil Foden with three goals. Yeah. You know, Salah scored ten. Mane scored five. Firmino scored four. You know, this idea of kind of. <laughs> goals by committee that's going on worked to a degree or not to a degree worked impeccably at Barcelona but it wasn't so stark at the moment this is a bunch of let's you know they're not wingers they're not inverted forwards like Salah and Mane are they're creative midfielders a bunch of creative midfielders at the top of the pitch trying to score your goals whereas in those magical Barcelona teams you had Messi you had David Villa you had Eto'o you know, you had Ibrahimovic, you had players who were, you know, you, we always say they played with, you know, this false nine without a strike or whatever, eventually in, in the peak of about 2011. But you had the greatest player of all time playing say, as a false nine. It does nine. help having yeah. Messi. <laughs> so you mentioned him there, a word on Salah. Is yeah. he the best player in the world at the moment? Yes. Um, I don't think he'll win the Ballon d'Or, I don't think he should do. I think Lewandowski should win the Ballon d'Or. I think you score. You no, no, no shout for Jorginho in there. No, no, Jorginho's <laughs> not even in the top three. Harry, I do. I am sorry. For me, it goes Lewandowski, Salah, Benzema. I'd say for me, Lewandowski. I mean, you score, you out, you break Gerd Muller's record of forty-two goals in a league season by playing six games less. You score forty-two in thirty-six games. It's unreal. How do you not win the Ballon d'Or? Mm. Well, what it, more do you have to do? He's kind of owed one, isn't it? Yeah. Because he's owed one because in 2020, the uh, Ballon d'Or was not awarded because games weren't played due to coronavirus. So, and and he almost definitely would have won it when yeah. in in that in that cancelled ceremony. So I do I feel like he has owed one, but I would also at the same time love to see Salah win it because I feel like English players in the Ballon d'Or are not represented. I mean, it's mainly because of Ronaldo and, and, and Messi's domination, but you know, the, in, the English Premier League is not represented as well as it could be in the Ballon d'Or. Um, and I would love to see a Liverpool player win the Ballon d'Or this year. Um, I feel like Virgil van Dijk was robbed of it a few years ago. I I agree. Messi won, won it that year, yeah. didn't he? And I do think Messi was <sighs> Messi was still Messi. No, I don't know if Messi's Messi anymore, mm. um, <laughs> he, but he, he still was. But I do agree. I think Van Dijk was. For me, there's something about saying there's no point having Ronaldo and Messi in the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. You know, it could have been good if in like the mid 2010s we just like said we're not going to include them. It's not fair, and because then it might have been more exciting. Van Dijk would have won it. Yeah. You know, and he probably was. He was. He was the biggest defensive revelation since Cannavaro, and Cannavaro won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And I think Van Dijk probably did even more contribution to a team than Cannavaro did. He was the single reason we won the Premier League, mm. pretty much. 
So yeah, no, definitely. I think it's. Uh, what about you? Helen? But no, I just wanted to ask you on Salah at the moment. Yeah. What What is making him so good? Why is he playing so well at the moment? I think he's happy. I think he's. I mean, he's, he's reflected in the interviews. He said he wants to effectively retire at Liverpool and and everything. And I think. The team is clicking way more. We have the personnel back. There is much more of a sense of belief. I think that's a big thing. I think it's all upstairs in his in the, in his head. And I think for me, Salah's never looked like the most comfortable finisher. He never has done. Um, neither has Mane. It's been quite weird to watch up for. For me, no, definitely hasn't. But at the moment, yeah, I just think he's he's playing with the belief and the freedom that those best players do. And I don't think he even was when he scored his what, 36 goals when he first came to Liverpool. I think that was a... Because he also had one season wonder, and then it's a bit harder to ever kind of regain that form. But he's on track to surpass it, and I think it's just his his mindset. You know, he's an absolute, as Klopp would say, mentality monster. Mm. And I think that's a big part of it. Would he go in the Chelsea team? Nah, we don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd slot in there very nicely. Um, and yeah, I, I'd say current, I'm current form he's the best player in the world just watching you know that goal against Manchester City and yeah. then you know the following game against Watford as well I mean they're almost mirror images I mean unreal really um, and it takes me back to the old Eden Hazard days at Chelsea just the, yeah. you know the kind of play and I think that's often what Salah was missing he was often accused of you know being you know, a bit of a poacher or you know or someone who just who'd score goals and yeah. didn't offer that much else to a team um, and now he's almost added that stylistic you know, yes and someone you enjoy watching right I think yeah. often the kind of Messi-Ronaldo debate has been this kind of Ronaldo the machine and Messi the artist um, and I think Salah's now added that string to his bow as yeah. someone that you know appointment viewing really you tune in to see mm. if he's going to score uh, another of those goals um, and then you know he's added another one to the highlight reel really um, definitely no I, I, I do agree I think when he first joined Liverpool he was if he wasn't scoring he wasn't doing a lot <laughs> But now he's scoring and doing a lot as well. I mean, he's got it's what ten goals and two assists, two assists in nine games. Yeah, it's a historic, I mean, it's, a historic run, really. Yeah, I mean, he's already the leading goal scorer for a thirty-eight game Premier League season, and he's on track to surpass a forty-two game season. I don't, don't get me wrong; I don't think he's going to keep up this mental run of goals, but I think he'll hit thirty. What What's going to happen to the tight race if he gets injured? Well, there's the Afcon anyway, so him and Mane are going. Um, for a few months uh, just got to hope Egypt and Senegal do really poorly <laughs> and get knocked out of the group stage uh, and Naby Keita if he's fit obviously it was quite a bad injury the other day but he played brilliantly before he got injured against United he yeah, played probably the best he's, yeah. he's played yeah. um, so what happens we have a front three of Origi. Jota Origi and Minamino is that not a That's league winning front three for you? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I honestly think it can be a, it will be a real hard slog I think we've really made a mistake not going harder after Rafinha in the summer I think he would have been perfect because we don't need a we don't need a striker we we know we don't play with it but somebody who could play across the front three like Jota can do like Rafinha would have been really good and really good for, for the situation of the AFCON but we're just going to have to see mm. you know um, you might not see me for a few weeks if Liverpool drop <laughs> off same, yeah. same question to you Harry what if Lukaku gets injured. Well, he is injured, I suppose, right? Yeah. And, and we, for a long, long term. Well, I suppose he, he, we're predicting him to be out for a month. Uh, oh, really? For, yeah, and the first game he was out for, we won 7 0, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> um, That's fair. It's a strange one. I mean, I think we will miss him. He wasn't in his best form in the last, I think he's scoreless in his last six. Um, I think he, yeah, I mean, it would be a real worry. Um, you know, we've also, Timo Werner is out, which may actually be a good thing. Um, 
but it's a, it's a tricky one. I think often, you know, I think oftentimes people used to say about the Spurs team, sometimes they actually played more fluid football when Harry Kane wasn't there. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, as you know, we talked about this Man City team playing with a false nine, sometimes you actually have better link-up play and that you're less reliant on one single player. Um, but, I mean, I would be very concerned if Lukaku didn't play another game this season. I mm. don't think we have any shot at, uh, at the title. But, you know, fingers crossed, or touch wood, he'll, uh, he'll return shortly. So, last words on the United-Liverpool stuff. We're going to go around. I think we're all in agreement Solskjaer should go, so I won't ask that question. Who do, we, who do you bring in, and how do you play? Just a, just a quick thing, Harry, Harry, start with you. Who do you bring in, and how do you play? Well, as I said before, I think Zinedine Zidane comes yeah. in, um, and you just play it's a style of football that's going to you know, appease the fans. Um, they have the talent to do it, yeah. right? Um, I mean, the difficulty, and sometimes I think Solskjaer has been criticised for... You're know, trying to squeeze too many attacking players into a, into the team. Um, when you have an embarrassment of riches like that, it's hard to keep everyone happy, right? Um, but I think hey, look, you've got all the options you want in the world. I think they need to probably start from the back. Maybe Zidane's not the best coach for that. But having yeah. said that, you know his Real Madrid team mm. won three Champions Leagues in a row, and you don't get that, um, you know, without being a fantastic defensive unit too. So. And he knew. He knew. I agree exactly with what Harry said. He knew exactly how to manage yeah. a team full of. Monumental egos, big names, big Including players. Cristiano, as well. yeah, 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 and and Varane as well. So mm. when you're talking about the defence, he has actually got prior with. Hopefully, mm. if he's fit. Well, not hopefully. <laughs> I hope he's fit, but he just doesn't play well. Um, yeah. What about you, Ali? Well, so yeah, the um, Manchester United need to do what Liverpool did under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Um, because Liverpool, <coughs> we're in a complete rut. Uh, and then brought in Jurgen Klopp, who said he wanted to mainly use uh, home, like the talent that was already there, rather than signing new players. Um, and and of course they went on to win the league and the Champions League, and are, in, are looking like they're going to do more. Um, they needed to do that, which is obviously easier said than done. Um, but I would agree. I think I think Zinedine Zidane. It's definitely in with a shout. They definitely, definitely need to play attacking football. Yeah. I've no doubt about that at all. They need the backing of Manchester United's history. And that is attacking football. So they need to do that. Which coaches are out there who like to play attacking football? Obviously Zidane is there. And he has prior experience with Ronaldo and Varane. Does he want the United job? I don't know. Um, he left Real Madrid, I think, because he was just a bit tired, and he kind of did the 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 three peat, as they call it, where he won the Champions League three times in a row. And I think he kind of thought that that might be that for his managerial career. So I'd be interested if if Man United can tempt him back into management. Um, difficult job to turn down. It is a difficult job to turn down. And I, I to be honest, if I were to look into a crystal ball. That's what I'd, I I reckon that's what I'd see. I reckon I'd see Zidane managing Manchester United. Yeah. That seems to be written in the stars. So, yeah, I think they should do that as well. Henry? Yeah, I agree. It sounds like Sportsfeed have got this one all sewn up. Yeah. Well, I can chuck some out of there for you. Roberto Martinez. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you, you need to explain that one, I think, right? I think Zizou won't happen. I don't, I don't know why. I just don't think it will do. I don't know how much he's pining after actually managing. You know, I think we saw him after he won, after he, you know, he, he left the first time. And he didn't... He seemed like he was doing Madrid a favour. So I don't know if... Like, Manchester's not a great place. 
So I don't, I don't know if you, you know, you, you want to move there. Um, That's the views of Rob Morrissey and not Purple Radio. <laughs> I think I'm legally obliged to say that. Um, so I think Roberto Martinez, I think, you know, our Belgium, he's done all right things. He's Has uh, he? I think so. I think, I think Belgium are massively overrated. I don't think, like, they've got a great attacking quality, but their defence... Well, the peak years I, Yeah, but the, the and... Yeah, but he wasn't there for the peak years. I think... I, think, I suppose so. I think Roberto Martinez is a is a fraud. <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't I, I can't I, yeah. really pull my punches here. He won the league. Uh, he won the FA Cup. Sorry, the FA Cup. He won a cup competition with Wigan. It was magical, though. It was magical. It was it was a Roy of the Rovers type story. <laughs> but he got relegated with with Wigan that season. But as it well. was Wigan Athletic. Yeah, it was Wigan Athletic. But what's he done since? He's done okay. Not won any trophies. He's done okay. But he's with not. Man- he's not managed good teams, has he? He's managed Belgium. Yeah, but the fa- with Belgium, he did go far. He did, he did, you know. Yeah, he went far. I, I he didn't think he could have gone further, perhaps. Yeah, another manager. I think, I think another manager might have taken them further. Do you think so? Completely. Kevin agree. De Bruyne, Eden Hazard, Romelu Lukaku. I, see, I think Roberto Martinez. They play a four-three-three. McTominay at the base in midfield, alongside. I don't, think, I don't think you win anything with Scott McTominay in midfield. Good. We'll keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's but, um, but, just a but, quick thought on sorry on on the, on the oh, I'm looking at the bookmakers odds currently. Zinedine Zidane looks to be the bookie's favourite. Uh, Throwing in there as well, I think I quite like the rogue shout or perhaps I think the outsider of um, Graham Potter perhaps. Graham Potter. Well, there's also Eddie Howe, obviously. Eddie Howe, Graham Potter. They might Lucy be and nice, Father. You know, looking for. I think I think Graham Potter might be an interesting one. I think I've just seen him on your odds sheet there. I think Brendan Rogers. Um, I, I know it would be uh-huh. it would be Judas. Through and through, but I think Brendan Rodgers could do a good job at Manchester United. I, yeah, he definitely could do. Yeah. He shouldn't do. I, I, I think, I think it's it's unlikely yeah. to say the least. But uh, I think um, I, I would quite like to see him do that because I'm impartial. I don't favour Man U over Liverpool or Liverpool yeah, over same. Man U really. Um, <laughs> 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 so I, I, I would quite like to see Brendan Rodgers go to. Go to Manchester United. It would. It would be interesting. I'm giving that. It would. It would. Uh, yeah. No. Definitely. My favourite <laughs> shout. Yeah. Hadn't thought about this one. Uh, with Paddy Power, other bookmakers are available. Big you Mick. Can, absolutely. You can put uh, 16, 16 to one on Cristiano Ronaldo oh, to be the next Manchester United Ronaldo. manager. Really. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'd argue that perhaps he, perhaps he already is. Uh, <laughs> his role behind the scenes probably. Uh, but there you are. I'd. I'd for some reason, I just don't see Zizou. I just don't see it happening. It could well do. It could be just absolute pure me not wanting it to happen. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, I'd like to see Graham Potter though. I think Graham Potter would be yeah, interesting. I think, he, I think he deserves a step up now. Well, right, well, I say that his Brighton team are ahead of Manchester United. Do you know what? No, it'll be better actually if Rodgers did go to United and Potter went to Leicester. I'd really, I'd really like to see that. That would be, that'd be that'd good be for the game. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I think that's enough of United Liverpool. So, uh, Harry, I want to ask you something. You were on Saturday, went down, um, did our first commentary for us. How did you find it? It was great. Well, uh, as I said at the time, it, you know, it was stepping into the unknown, really, yeah. the world of sports commentary. And I think as much as we you know, take the mick out of certain commentators <laughs> and certain pundits, I think I had to sort of give it a go myself. Yeah. The results were probably uh, mixed, but the game uh, was fantastic. Yeah, we were very lucky to be a part of Collingwood team against Hatfield and Aidens A's women's football at Maiden Castle on the track pitch same pitch uh, 
used by Durham women's team, which yeah. I think is always always quite nice. We've got a big game against Liverpool on like the fourth of November. Absolutely. Well, maybe we'll be maybe, there. Maybe we can be yeah. there. Absolutely. And this game, uh, yeah, Collingwood ran away with it seven two. Uh, How long was it for the first goal to be scored? I think it was at the time. I th- I think it was within. 45 seconds did you uh, you did did you edit the audio you sent to me yeah as in like the first clip is that the how long it actually took exactly to so we <laughs> sadly we can't believe we'll probably have a clip for you next week it yeah, was definitely. i believe it was i was in the middle of describing uh the weather yeah. and the team, <laughs> as any good radio commentator <laughs> should i've been told by uh the great vicky sparks who yes. spoke to us last Absolutely. year um, thank you, Vicky, if you're listening. Um, and yeah, it was outstanding start. Uh, it was it, a brilliant goal. The the audio clip itself, the whole length was 56 seconds, but yeah. at least half of that is Harry introducing it and explaining the weather. Yeah. So it genuinely must have from kickoff been a, about 30 seconds. It w- I was thrown in at the deep end because I sort of thought, oh, I can you know get a bit of narration in, let everyone know what it's like here at Maiden Castle, maybe. Uh, you describe a few passes, and then you know straight away their you know their right winger took it from about the halfway line, dribbled past about four players, and then put it in top bins. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow! Uh, <laughs> I suppose it was pretty good. You set up my nerves, really, uh, commentating on a goal. Um, I mean, it's a pretty decent first commentary, isn't it? <laughs> I had nine. We had nine goals, Morgan and I, to, to talk about. So I, I, my biggest fear was it was going to be nil nil, and I'd have no idea how to entertain everyone. Uh, but thankfully, yeah, the goals did, did not have a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was great, and I think also it was just a, it was a nice microcosm of college sport as a yeah. whole. Um, played in really good spirit, um, you know, and there was some good skill on display. And at the end of the game, everyone shook hands, and actually one point as well, I thought most fittingly, so the best this player who'd scored yeah. went down with an injury just before half time, and you know, teammates, opposition, they all went to help her up. She hobbled off the pitch, and she was given a round of applause. Um, that's brilliant. Yeah, and I think that's college sport, right? It's competitive, yeah. but also you know. It's just for laughs as well. And I think, you know, you talk about being a microcosm for college sport. Obviously, Collingwood won. So. <laughs> I think you couldn't get a closer depiction of, of real, of, yeah, exactly, of the real college world. Um, I was talking to, so my housemates are from Collingwood, uh, but I'm from Hillbead. And uh, I was talking to them, they all play, two of them play, one place for the Collingwood D's and one place for the E's, right? And the Collingwood D's play in the Premier Division. <laughs> the, the top four Collingwood teams play in a 10 league. A ten, ten, ten team league, yeah. Four, four Collingwood. I think a wise man once said, you know, two college football teams play against each other for ninety minutes, and Collingwood always win. Yeah. I think that's basically how it goes. Absolutely. Around. How did you find the commentary? What have you learned for next time? Um, I think well, the, the real struggle is not knowing college players' names. Yeah. Um, so I think hopefully by next time I'll have some kind of way of narrating a bit better than centre mid gives it to left back <laughs> who gives it to, and then there were a smattering of numbers in there so it would sort of, but then of course I'd just say the same number over and over again because that was the only sort of reference point I had um, yeah hopefully we'll get a form or something and get some some player names if not I reckon it's just a nickname job just come up could with could be them. yeah yeah I might have to ask them for their permission beforehand I don't yeah know, so. you have to make sure you don't go on the offensive side <laughs> with those nicknames you know, you I just thought you could just put like a just pick out yeah. 11 random words before or 22 you need before the game and then just just give them out that might need some explanation i think like but. window gives it to table at least you'd have consistency <laughs> we'll have a spe- we'll have a purple radio inanimate object special <laughs> <laughs> just naming random yeah no it's uh it's gonna be great fun we're gonna hopefully be commenting on something on saturday 
what, yeah, what that is. Well, hopefully every week we'll have every some... Every week, hopefully. Yeah, some kind of, yeah, the, the cornucopia of yeah. uh, college <laughs> sport offers plenty of strange, uh, strange... I think we've got a bit of bench ball maybe one day. Hopefully. It's Hillbead specific. They have an inter-Hillbead bench ball league. Okay. Which I have a real ambition to commentate on. Have you... But, did you ever play in it? Uh, no. No, but thinking back to my, my school days, I was quite the animal when it came to bench ball. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was always left, you know, defending and last one to throw it onto the opposition bench, and that was my role. Um, the finisher. The finisher, yeah. yeah. Honestly, the fact that it's not a professional sport really hurt me, because yeah. I thought that I could have carved out a career. The LeBron James of <laughs> bench ball. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. Um, I once sprained my ankle playing bench ball, because I, I just put my heart on the line. Brutal and jumped game, right? so aggressively, and just came down and just sprained it. <laughs> Outstanding. Pretty shocking. <laughs> Yeah, That's but no, so hopefully that, and then uh, also a bit of rounders at some bit point. Of yeah, yeah the, these are sports which I thought they're not commentated on, so we can break ground commentating yeah. on these. We can, come, we can come up with technical terms, you know. Yeah. You know, really in, in depth analysis. In, really in you depth. You can't get on any other student radio station. You really wouldn't. You really wouldn't. So, yeah, thank you to everyone listening to Purple Radio. The time is 1853. Um, I mean, I suppose we could also move on to our DU commentaries as well, which we, we were lucky to Yeah, have definitely. Yeah. Um, so that was mental. Yeah, that the... was crazy. So I think there's one thing to be talking about college sport and, mm. you know, the, the fun that we have with that, but we actually got to watch an incredibly high standard <laughs> netball game yeah. between Durham first team and Northumbria University, which was our first ever spotlight. Durham University spotlight. Yeah, one of our spotlight yeah. games here on Purple Radio. And, uh, I mean, talk us through I mean, tell us. It was crazy. Like, so we ro- we rocked up and just on the uh, the balcony, just on the above the uh, the, the court. Setup. Yeah, no, exactly. It was perfect. We we were absolutely buzzing, and the, there was quite a lot of hype around it. We got a banner uh, and everything hanging off. We were promoting, and it was we were. I, I don't know about you. I was really nervous. Yeah, I was pretty uh, nervous. Yeah, 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 but also quite excited because also Josh um, was doing things. Our tech guy, uh, the head of tech, Josh, the absolute legend that he yeah, is. Yeah, I'll save you. So we were just left. Um, to do our own devices to try and set it up and we try and get on and my computer just won't work so there's about the first five minutes isn't but I ran over and Josh came like the legend that he is and set it all up I think we should also quickly apologise to anyone who was listening to the commentary I think every now and then we had a few technical issues I think Ariana Grande came Ariana in Grande times. came in yeah. I think there was a bit of Sam Fender in there was there? yeah yeah just interrupting you know I think we'd have like oh and and then Ariana Grande I won't, I won't give anyone the torture of me singing uh, anyway but yeah. you get the picture um but yeah, you sure no, you don't want to give us some some song there. No, that, we I'm, can uh, we can say that for the Christmas I, special. Okay, <laughs> could be quite a nice treat. Yeah, I think yeah. we need a bit of illustration for the for the problem, Harry. I think my mic stopped. Ah, okay, ah, <laughs> but it sounded like a classic game. Oh, great it was, finish! It was so. It first the first quarter, Durham came out mentally good. Yeah. Like it, they were playing such. We were told it, Harry did the interviews beforehand, which are on Spotify, and then we were told look out for the kind of really quick um, up the court play. It, you know, kind of on the counter as soon as they regained possession, and they it, they played with such speed, such ferocity, and uh, Caitlin Sharkey, the goal shooter, unreal, genuinely didn't miss. Genu- player of the match. Oh, um, player of the match. Oh yeah, I'd say her. Perhaps maybe Jada Cook as well. That's, but that's, that, that was that epitomised sort of both ends of the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. But they played both of them. The goalkeeper and the goal shooter played really, really well. But the thing with um, Caitlin Sharkey was, if she missed, she'd just get the rebound and score. 
there was there wasn't really any time she didn't in a sequence score. She might miss the first shot, but it, she'd get it back and score. So they played with such speed, um, and Hopkins was the goal attack, and yeah, she would just Hopkins. create. Yeah, the Hopkins would just create the space for the goal shooter, and it was incredible. And I think they were up nine by nine goals by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, it looked pretty comfortable. It did, and then the second quarter came, and they went up another two, so they were up eleven goals, and then it just kind of all. I wouldn't say unraveled. I'd say Northumbria came out with re. Um, this is what Rachel, who was doing analysis for us, she was a, an injured member of the club, was doing analysis in between the quarters, and she said the only issue will be if Northumbria come out with some real intensity. It's exactly what they did. Yeah, absolutely telegraphed it. And even though they'd had an eleven point lead by the end of the fourth, the second quarter, it was it was down to two. I think down two to two point points. Yeah, it was incredible by Northumbria, and it was kind of role reversals. They were playing. I'd say Northumbria played much more of Route One netball. Yeah, Route One netball. This is our. Yeah, we we've coined this phrase. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, think I don't so. know if any netball fanatics would. Well, my would, my mum found it quite amusing because okay. she was listening to it and she was like, "It really was." She's played netball since she was like sixteen. She, she's in her fifties now, and she was saying, "Oh yeah, no, it was like football fans commentating on netball." <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what. I it mean, was. at one point, I think I made the comment about the Durham netball team. If Jurgen Klopp managed a netball team, this is how they'd play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good analysis. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, tell us about the end of the game. How, so, did, how, did, it, how did it conclude? Already. So we had this sort of ebb and flow, really. Yeah. So Durham, they, well, the, the third and fourth quarters were quite similar. Durham took off in the beginning of the third. They obviously used the rest quite well at half-time. Definitely. Um, and then again, Northumbria came back. Yeah. And then I think they Northumbria then went ahead. For the first time in the game. For the first, bearing with this was the first time in the game. Durham had led from you know, pillar to post. Yeah. And then suddenly... You know Northumbria, and then we we got quite nervous. We, we got really nervy, and we got very biased on commentary as yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> I think that's I think that's fair. Enough, I think it's fair, right? Yeah. Um, and the crowd really getting into it. Every you know, it was a real cauldron. Yeah, and there, was. there wasn't like there was a good amount of people, but there wasn't loads. But because it was inside, mm. it was you could hear, like, you, you could, could hear feel a real. And it was of, yeah. Rachel made a good point. It wasn't when somebody scored because obviously there's quite a lot of goals scored. Whenever there was an interception or a block. The, the the team would go absolutely mental and there was I mean in the last the last quarter Jada Cook made a solid four Block outstanding oh, blocks fantastic right yeah um, it was yeah it was like watching you know the, the Rudy Gobert if I'm making a kind of a basketball reference <laughs> um, just some yeah um, a, a Shaquille O'Neal yes yeah. no one could get past her um, it was brilliant to watch and yeah and with a minute to go Durham scored once to level the game and I think they must have won the ball back from an interception. It was uh, they'd. They, it was like it was fraught with mistakes as well in the last quarter. Well, I think you could tell, it, was, it was both teams Nerves. were getting a bit scrappy. You could tell the first game of the season they weren't used to this kind yeah. of pressure. It was, probably, it, it was probably the pressure that we put on them, commentating <laughs> on the game. So in netball, you have an offside when when you have the centres pass after a goal. You're not in your right quarters, and it's quite a basic mistake to make. Um, but I think because of the tension and because of the fatigue. Both sides made it. I think Northumbria did twice, and and Durham did once, and that really, you know, when you're looking at a game which is it's a point in it, that change of possession is is everything. Yeah. And that happened in like the last minute that Durham got the ball back, yeah. scored, and from the centre pass had the ball, scored to go up, and, and about twenty seconds to go, and then Northumbria on the attack, and and thank goodness I think yeah the the umpire blew umpire for full time, full time, and then all the Durham players just streamed onto the yeah. pitch. I think as I, in my post-match interviews, their captain Alan Pringle said it was more relief than anything because they yeah. knew they deserved to win that game. They've been leading the whole way, 
um, and they were worried that they were going to let it slip through their fingers. But thank goodness for that, they they mm. hung on. Um, and what a treat that was for us! It sounds like a classic. Oh, it was like fifty-eight, fifty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> for for a spotlight game, you genuinely could not ask for much more. Yeah. It was an incredible game, and I mean, I've you know, I've got to confess, I've watched much netball. You know, when it was on in the Olympics or in the Commonwealth Games, and we hope. Um, we might be covering some volleyball, so stay tuned for that and for all the rest of our both, yeah, Durham University Spotlight Games and also college sport as well on a Saturday. Definitely. Would we like a, a little break, a bit of music? Yeah, let's have a bit of music, why not? Accidentally, very abrupt. <laughs> Did you click the wrong button? Um, <laughs> Sounds like the Anfield crowd when that when that uh, when that chant stops. I don't think they say anything else after that, do they? Ooh, low oh, low below. Just untrue. <laughs> well, you, you caught out my footballing ability earlier, so <laughs> tit for tat, you know. And also, also, also your singing ability. Oh. I, I, yeah, I, I, I now cannot wait for the Christmas episode just for that. So, I mean, there could we can always do specials before Christmas. Mm. Yeah, Halloween special. I don't think we have one, but we good, could always good. do it. This, this could be our, Harry. This is our Halloween special. Welcome to Sports Week Halloween <laughs> special. Um, <laughs> and scarily, yeah. Harry Tanner will be singing. No, I think that's too frightening. Too uh, frightening. Give me, give me some time to rehearse. Well, okay. okay. Speaking of in, in in that time. Speaking of humiliating, yeah. <laughs> uh, you wanted to tell us, Harry, about 
you know, because of United, I think that trip might have triggered a bit of a it, sore memory it for it you. Did it, real did it, sore. it did, it did. Um, it, it took me back to a you know, humiliating defeat of my own on the football pitch. Wow. Um, this was about eight years ago now, um, so you can tell how deeply it scarred me that I still remember <laughs> it to this day. Um, so I think, yeah, so back then, at my school, we took a, we, we travelled to this ground for longer than the game actually was, you know, it was over a 90 minute journey, and wow. then we had to travel 90 minutes back, um, and we arrived, and we, it was a cup game, school cup game, and we thought, oh, we, you know, we're a decent side, we'll see what happens, uh, and we arrived, and this, I think it was my first, my first, one of my first games for school, um, yeah. so I didn't really know what to expect, um, and we arrived, and from kickoff, they had this one guy, so, you know, we, we, we do a little warm up and we go, oh, alright. And then actually on the way in, this is against Whitgift School, by the way, I don't know if anyone's aware, but um, they've got a few star, you know, about half the Surrey cricket team went to Whitgift. Uh, they've got some alumni like Victor Moses and uh, someone else who, uh, well, it will become evident shortly. And uh, and this young man picked up the ball. He he started, you know, it was an old school kickoff with two people. Yeah. Back in the good old days. That slightly dates the story, right? And he picks up the ball. Um, and one of my mates, is, he runs to press him, nutmeg straight away, and wow. he calls out Megs, and we go, <laughs> and we go all right, this guy's, this guy's got something about him. He then proceeds to draw past one of the centre mids running in. Yeah. I think the winger then comes comes in to press him, nutmegs him, step over round one, a sort of like nice little spin round another, left foot, top corner, after about 10 seconds, we went, right, we're, we're in for this. Yeah. Um, I was on the bench at this point, bearing in mind. And this guy kept having a go, our right back. He was a left winger, but he kind of played everywhere, right? And he was just skinning our right back. And the coach said, right, Harry, you've got to get on there. We're about 4-0 down after 10 minutes or whatever. And I was like, don't you worry, I'll handle this. And I kid you not, I stepped on. And this guy looked me up and down. He went, yeah, I'm shifting wings. Turns out, we lost this game 11-0. Turns out that was Callum hudson Odoi. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know whether he switched wings or not, but I like to think so. Whenever, whenever I've retold that story, but uh, no, I think Carl has looked at you and gone. Yeah, no, I don't no. fancy that. I, I think we probably had a foot race at one point. I think I just about edged him to. You think so? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he ended up. This is the Carl Hudson Adoy who scored on the weekend and was linked with a move to Bayern Munich. This is that Carl yeah, Hudson Adoy yeah, yeah. from Whitgift. Uh, I played against him, aged twelve years old. Um, he ended. He, he he took home the match ball. He should have taken home two match balls. Actually, he scored a double hat trick that day. So I mean, you've said this and we is lost a, eleven now. It's a humiliating story. What I've heard here is Callum Hudson and I was scared to take you on. I this is a I, story of success. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I see football as a team game, right? So as oh, a team, uh, we were of course we were pretty humiliated. But you know, silver linings is I. You know, I think if Callum Hudson and I and I switch positions now, I think. I could probably do a decent job uh, for Chelsea. I don't think he could handle purple radio quite as well as, uh, as I could. But that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, well, I'll get in touch. He's, he's a close friend. He, <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, did you have one? An embarrassing story? I had a heartbreaking one. Heartbreaking? So I played rugby when I was, oh, I still do, for the Mighty Hill Bead. Actually got our first friendly on Sunday. Sunday, bear in mind, good Halloween good at six o'clock. It's pretty scary. scary. We're, all, we're all behind <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm a few about it. Yeah, uh, against Mary's. Uh, big game. But when I was younger, I played for a the team called Winnington Park back home in Norfolk, and we were playing against Eccles, which is the team of... Uh, Eccles Cake? Is that, is that yes, like some Yes, it? it is. Yeah, Eccles in Lancashire. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And uh, we'd gone there, and we ended up starting the game of rugby, rugby union, with 14 men. You know? Famously one less than you need. Um... But we'd we hadn't played that badly. Maths, by the way, Rob, I do not. Well, I should do. Should I do. Not. Yeah, something like that. 
and wow, we were we were playing really well, but we'd gone down like a like a good like. I can't remember how many points it was, like 21 points or something. Early on. Early on. Early on. I mean, we we simply don't have enough players. <laughs> um, and then we bring it back. Yours truly scores two tries. The only two wow. tries I scored all season. I'm always said prop, so it's the only ones I scored all Sensational. season. Sensational. I know. Um, Big celebrations? No, no, no. I'm oh, a very... Chill. Yeah, it's more like I Take the give the ball straight to the kicker. Back to the yeah. Okay. Still real, boys. <laughs> you know, all that. Um, um, and we, we brung it back to 21 all, and that was the rest of the game. Until the last minute. Uh, we've ended the game with 13 men, by the way. We've, so we might as well be playing a game of rugby league at this point. Yeah. Um, and we, until the last minute. So we're playing, they've got a full squad, 15, whatever. Last minute they score to win. The, the fairy tale Roll. was so close. That yeah. that is horrible, isn't it? I don't think I've heard many more horrible stories than that. <laughs> it's just heartbreaking. It I mean, it's better. We did because it's weird. Uh, when you're younger, I, f- I imagine it's less so in football. You can have real discrepancies in rugby. So we went. And we once went and played Bolton, um, who like they do, do not play rugby. And we went with 13 men and battered them. So it's like you could get it either way. But this time, like they were a strong team, we were, but we just didn't have enough. But we'd had this fairy tale momentum and whatever, and yeah, just lost in the last minute. I, I actually genuinely wish you hadn't told me that story. <laughs> 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 just made your day a, just a little bit worse. That was yeah. so much worse. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah. What about either of you two? Any? any? Well, my my, I, I'm useless at sport. I can uh, so every week was a tragedy when I, when I when I was forced to play rugby and football at school. You know, every single week. You know, I I used to have um, <clears throat> the opposition coaches. You know, they used to cheer us on and, <laughs> and sort of will us to do well because we were so embarrassingly bad. So, you know, that that kind of all blurs into um into nothing. But um Arsenal have lots of tragic stories. Uh, if I was old enough at the time, I I'm sure it would be the Champions League final loss to yeah. Well, it was Barcelona, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. That 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 ju- just reading about that was really awful. Um, when I, you know, when I, when I looked it up, and the way we were winning with ten minutes to go, and, uh, oh, God. don't don't go there. No, don't. I'm yeah. not going to go there. I, I'll stop myself. But <laughs> in terms of ones that I've actually witnessed, the one that really sticks in my head was we were actually doing all right in the league. I think we were top of the league, or at least we were very firm title challenges in 2014 and um i i was 14 years old at the time and i was absolutely delighted i every day i used to go into school and go we're top of the league this is brilliant um and then arsenal played against chelsea at stamford bridge oh yeah and this 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 game is actually remembered for uh, Andre Mariner's classic mistake where he oh, sent, sent off Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, Kieran Gibbs instead yeah. of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain which we can't that, that's, you know a little bit dodgy um, <laughs> yeah. but but um, but you know that that was horrible because I'd actually I've never had Sky Sports just never my family have just never bought it however BT Sport was pretty much brand new this year. Popping and, off then, yeah. Yeah, and we had um 
we've always had BT Wi-Fi, and and they just BT Sport was just chucked in with the Wi-Fi on a on that great deal. Um, it, so I was, I was sitting there watching. I was like, oh god, I'm going to watch this Chelsea game. This is going to be great. Um, it just all fell apart so quickly so so quickly what a joyous day that was was it 6-0 it was 6-0 wow that's exactly right (laughs) Um, and you know there was this whole calamity over you know because when Kieran Gibbs was sent off uh, I mean uh, yeah Kieran Gibbs was sent off instead of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain that meant we lost a defender which obviously I mean he wasn't very good especially not in that game but it he was better than not having anyone there and he just massively exacerbated the problem it was horrible i hated it we also lost to liverpool 5 nil that year that was a bad yeah. season i think as an it, arsenal it, fan wasn't it, it was that, su- that the one where martin skittles got two headers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right he he caused he wreaked havoc i i, I i've <laughs> never liked skirtle and i i think he knew i was watching because he he then just rubbed it in my face but you know Arsenal that year did really really well against none of the big six. Yeah, like against the small, the small fourteen or whatever. But but against the big six, we just did horrendously. You know, I really wanted to see us beat Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United. I think we lost all of them, and so we couldn't win the league. So emotional. Yeah. Oh my god, I <laughs> I'm really deeply scarred from that season. We can we can feel the passion in yeah. your voice. Yeah. Oh, I'm hoping the listeners can as well, because yeah. just just to share my grief. To be <laughs> honest, I'm oh. sure they get it. I don't think anyone will get my pain, but. I uh, my story was again. I was the same as you, Ollie. I was never. I never really ventured onto the sports field. Apart it's it's going to be really interesting team. then because I'm planning on us all playing five aside <laughs> at some point. Oh, that'd be yeah, good. we'll get we'll get yeah, some we'll cameras that. on that. I think. Yeah, we'll oh, do that. One hundred percent. It's going straight on our new Instagram. We should mic mic ourselves up. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> yes, great. Idea. I actually I have a portable mic. Great idea. So at least one of us did. Yeah, brilliant. That'll be yeah. We're all up for that. Sorry, we rudely oh. interrupted. No, no, no. no it's, it's good. We yeah. <laughs> well, we I think we're all opening up here. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> what, what? What? Well, okay. We'll come back to the five aside. Uh, my um, <laughs> yeah. It was the uh, my first East Anglian derby. We were playing Norwich at Portman Road. I Ooh. can't remember how old I was. Seven or eight, maybe. My dad had taken me. It was a night game under the lights. I thought, here we go. We were doing well that season. I can't remember who the manager was. It was, but we, we were going well. I was thinking, this is great. We're gonna we're gonna do them. We were way above them in the table. Um, uh, Lambert was the manager of Norwich at that time and they, they won 5-1 5-1 it was a crushing defeat wow. at home uh, there was tears in the stands and uh, and to, to make it worse Lambert came back didn't he a couple of years ago and uh, got us relegated to League One and has left Republic us enemy number and one has left us there uh, in our lowest league position for 70 odd years so uh, I've actually full circle I've actually watched an Ipswich game with Lambert in charge have you? In what the was FA it? Cup against Accrington Stanley. Oh, I was another uh, disastrous I was there day. Supporting Accrington Stanley. Stanley. You weren't uh, there on that day, were you? Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was there. One nil. Yeah, yeah. Billy in Key. Accrington. You Billy Key. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> a free kick or a corner. Yeah, can't, yeah. free kick, late yeah. goal. I remember. You could go on for days about these things. <laughs> well, we don't. I don't. We don't need to bore the listeners with the trials and tribulations of Ipswich Town. But I, I want to hear about this five aside. So, so what's the positions going to be? Who's the? Who's who's who? Where 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 would you be, Rob? You see, this is a, the difference between ego and sensibility. <laughs> I'm straight up top. Okay. 
That, I shouldn't be. No, no debate. Head of the sports department, you probably <laughs> yeah. get to choose where go. you play, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I think so. No, I uh, I used to play in a seven-a-side league. I'm I'm no good at football, um, whatsoever. Um, but I used to play in a seven-a-side league when I was sixteen to eighteen, and I played centre half, and I was the most. Brexit centre back the seven 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 aside games ever seen. I just it was Sean Dyche special. Sean Dyche special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that word to describe football players. <laughs> I, I love it. It's brilliant. I like, think I think next week, how about we combine our most Brexit Brexit yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely is yeah. a good idea. Uh, we did a lot of thinking through the week. That, that's going to stop me doing uni work now, Harry. Can <laughs> yeah, you think about my Brexit? That, that's my life, bro. Yeah. Sport always. Sport comes first. But I was, I was shocking. Like I wouldn't even pass the ball. The bitch seven aside. I could shoot from defence. I just smacked the ball out of play. You know, really hard tackles. Yeah, I got offered out a few times in the car park afterwards because <laughs> of my style of play. Nice. Never got yeah. sent off though because we were like sixteen. We we're playing as like thirty-year-olds. So the ref was like on our side. But uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm playing myself up front. Right, what about you, Harry? Um, I'm going to take the the base of midfield role. Okay. Wow, maybe the quarterback, the, the base yeah. of midfield in a seven aside game. Yeah, five aside is it? Five aside even. Five aside even. Yeah, five aside. Sorry, yeah, of course. Uh, maybe that maybe that means I've got to be doing the most running. But um, yeah, base, I'd like yeah. to think maybe I'll be like the regista of, uh, <laughs> of purple radius. Yeah. Five aside, tiki taka. Um, you know, give and go. Yeah, that'll be that. That'll be me. Few a few tackles here and there. I'll be there. You know, as Maldini once said, "You never need to leave your feet." You know, if you leave your feet, it means you've uh, made a mistake. Yeah. So that'll be me. I won't make. I'll, I'll just. No I'll probably. Make, I'll probably be off my feet quite a lot. <laughs> I'll make pro. Yeah, Bob, Bobby Moore famously never had to wash his shorts. There you go. I've got a ground. Ollie, what about you? Where do you see yourself playing? I mentioned this at the start. Yeah. I am. I would rather have a bowl of Rice Krispies on the pitch than me. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am so useless <laughs> on the football pitch and I've always tried to say this and people have always kind of gone oh yeah no it's it's just casual it's just a laugh you know it's not serious it it's never it's just so were you not were you not surely the logical thing when that happens is you're shoved in goal is that not what happens well no because they they get annoyed at me even when I'm in goal okay yeah, yeah I know that <laughs> that I, I had a really raw mo- reminder of how bad I am uh, I think it was either this summer or the last summer I actually I put on a brave face sometimes and play five aside casually um, and um, and and you know I was in goal obviously letting everything in because I'm useless and um, and you know they they someone annoyed, like really angrily came over and was just like get on get on the field and just took my position in goal and I was like Oh, oh wow! God, I I really am useless at this. <laughs> that that is shocking. Um, so yeah, I, I you know if if you want to put me in there, put me in a position that that is going to be, it's going to hurt the least if they're useless because I, I'll take that one. Where where is that on the other side? This, I was, I was you can't start. really hide. Nowhere to hide. On yeah, it. <laughs> I need somewhere to hide. No. That is for sure. To be honest, I think it's up from. Okay. Potentially, and then we just coach, we maybe. we just coach. <laughs> you, you know, you can play that Man City in five aside, but play with a striker, but not really. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the invisible yeah. man <laughs> yeah. gliding around, not gliding around. Good. See, see I had the opposite in the summer. I'm really bad at football, but I played. What just had a kickabout with my mates, and we played knockout. You know, like Wembley knockouts, and That's I scored it. a stunning volley. Took and I and I basically the balls gone up. Somebody's headed it. 
and I'm just lurking at the edge of the box. I'll just hit it, kind of, you know, a sideways motion. A la Michael Essien against Barcelona? No, we're talking more this is just a laser to the bottom corner. Okay. Oh, very it's just nice. boom, straight right foot. Gerard, right foot. Gerard yeah. West Ham? Yeah, more similar Gerard to that. But I'm going to take something kind of more of an angle. I've swung around it as opposed to straight onto it. And my brother's in that, and my brother's actually played... Benjamin Pavard again. <laughs> no, not that right. <laughs> but my, uh, down. my brother has played non-league football as a goalkeeper, and he was in net. So I've... N oh, so happy. Just all this stunning volume. Hugely satisfying. And we're playing doubles, and my partner also scored more of a Pavard-esque volley that, that, that game. And we're not good. We're just two props playing football. But we've never been in more agile. It was incredible. Yeah. Very nice. What about you, Henry? Where are you playing? Oh, well, I'd be in the midfield, yeah. I think. I think we'd we make have, a nice little midfield little, duo. little duo. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that seems unfair already. Iniesta and Xavi? Well, I don't know about that. I'd be further forward, I think. I think I'd be feeding, so. feeding you in. Wow. Yeah. I think that would be hard. That's work. an exciting I think we've got prospect. A, I think we've got, we've got a strong lineup here. I think we do. I think we need somebody to, to play. <laughs> <laughs> we need some rivals. Well, yeah. anyone listening in who fancies taking on the almighty Purple Radio five-a-side team. Let's do it. Be warned. Um, but you know, we're ready for all Can we take things. on like the Palatinate sports? Yes. <laughs> the, Derby. Derby. Yeah. Derby. Derby. Yeah. Or yeah, Pal TV. Yeah. Or, um, oh, I'm actually part of Pal TV, Ooh. so oh. I, I wouldn't be able Ooh, Double agent. <laughs> double agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, my street yeah. is called, I don't know. Yeah, I can I can say this right. You're gonna dox yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I'm here on my bank details. <laughs> <laughs> we live on um Palatine View. I, I I just think it's a really appropriate name. Yeah. And you were born to come to Durham. We, absolutely. We live in a six-person house. Obviously, I'm not going to play for them, so they are five. I'd quite like to see them face yeah. up against yeah, us. Let's do it. Palatine was, View versus Purple Radio. Are they good at football? Uh, yes. Well, Actually, so that's an issue. <laughs> Straight off well, the bat. Well, yeah. I think I think it's really diverse. <laughs> you know, Yuta, uh, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. he's du ones. He's, he's right. a fantastic player. He, a lot of love for Yuta today on the big yeah. Yeah. Oh, double uh, shout out. Yeah, he is. He's the love of my life. I would say. <laughs> I'm really sorry to my girlfriend if she's listening. Yuta <laughs> takes top spot. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, he's brilliant. But then. And then it kind of goes to, you know, someone who plays college football, and then, you know, then the others don't really play, like two of them don't really play at yeah. all, we'd probably have to force them onto the pitch, but, you know, that that's fine, because there's a DU1s player yeah. on the pitch as well, so... I think, so we've got four here, and we've got college football, Yeah, we've got nothing, we've got, do you, do you play any football? College football. College football, there and we've got a rugby player. What we can do is have Ben Rochford. Because he, he does play Durham, he does play Durham football. Does he? He oh, does. There you go. Get him indeed. in. So he's big money signing. He'll be, yeah. be the poster <laughs> yeah. boy. The poster boy. Of our five side commentator team. himself. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely that. Well, yeah. speaking of a, li a dream lineup, dream lineups. We've been doing some thinking as a as a <laughs> unit, I think. Yeah. And well, it's in in, in honour of our you know our colleague Sharpie. A bit of any other business. A bit of any other business. Which is, uh, I think, the most appropriate way to end any uh, show here. Well, 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 what's, yeah, we could always come back to this, actually, if we'd rather talk about... Do you want to talk about Newcastle? Newcastle we, haven't got a, we haven't got a lot of time. What would, what would we rather talk about? Well, we can talk about both. Just, let's yeah. talk about both. Let's talk about Newcastle briefly. Yeah. And let's yeah. talk about, uh, first of all, the sacking of Steve Bruce. Yeah. Do we think the treatment of him was, was fair? I think... 
I think you, your new owners, you sack your manager. I think that's fine. I think everything around it, I'm not a fan of. I think it should have been a bit more of a straightforward new ownership of coming in, we're going in a different direction, goodbye Stevie. As opposed to come in, kind of toy with it a bit. A lot of abuse kind of comes on because of it, because Steve's staying. And then sack him. I don't like that. Well, he wasn't exactly a fan favourite, was he? Well, no, he, he did never man- was. He did manage Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he kept them up. But he did, but I think they, but not they much more. more. I, I actually think Steve Bruce did quite a good job as manager of Newcastle. Yeah. This is before this season. Yeah. Because um, he was given a pretty poison chalice and he didn't die from it. Yeah, he, that's he, fair. He, he kept Newcastle up. My dad and my brother are both avid Newcastle fans. Um, and, th- and obviously, I'm partial to them because of that. Um, we, we all kind of like Steve Bruce. Yeah. Yes, he played boring football. Yes, he, he was never going to win you the league. But but he he did what what was said on the tin. Uh, but I agree. But I think I think what is often missed in the conversations about Steve Bruce is, and you have to put it into a wider context, is just how loved Rafa was on Tyneside. Yeah. And I think there was a belief amongst Newcastle fans that look, we we have we've got Mike Ashley, but if he goes, we've got Rafa. We've got a world class manager here. He's won the Champions League, and actually, if something happens we can go and be a hugely successful team. And I think Steve Bruce following that was inevitably going to be a disappointment because he was, he was still is loved uh, in that in, in the city. And I agree with what you said about Steve Bruce until I saw their performance against Tottenham uh, in the flesh uh, uh, two weeks ago. And the defence was f- from one of the most... Uh, the, the best centre-backs the Premier League has ever seen. The fact that I saw him set up the defence like that was was quite terrifying. I mean, it is the championship defence. You know, Richie, Lascelles, Clark, right? It's the team that, that, that uh, got them promoted out of the championship in 2016-17. And here they are in 2021. But look at any of the goals Tottenham scored. The amount of time and Dombele had to pick out his spot for the first goal. I mean... I think if we're thinking about Newcastle, and we're talking about Newcastle more widely now and how they're going to go forward, you know, they're in a relegation battle, right? They haven't won a game this season. Where are we? October the 25th. Yeah. So if we think about new managers for Newcastle, are they going for someone who they think is part of the project? Or they need someone who's going to keep them up because they could have just bought a championship team here. They're in big trouble. Yeah. Big trouble. Do you, What do you think? Do you think they need to go for a short-term fix? Do you think they need someone in and say look, you've got to keep us up and then we'll reassess next summer? I think you bring somebody in explicitly for the rest of the season. Um, I don't think... The major mistake that a lot of teams make is sacking somebody mid-season, bringing in a long-term prospect and somehow assuming that they're going to be able to do that. You need a pre-season, you need your players, you need whatever. So I think you bring in somebody relatively pragmatic who's going to step in for the remainder of the season I don't know who that is maybe it's Eddie Howe I don't know some like I'm not too sure uh, but somebody like that see for me I would have stuck I would have stuck with Steve Bruce you know I think <laughs> big call like Sam Allardyce maybe like who else are you going to find Frank DeBoer you're not going to find many people to step in for the rest of the mm. season I was going to say we've sort of now now that Sam Allardyce was finally relegated last season we've now yeah. kind of he's been forgotten yeah we've kind of moved on in, it's into a new era of you know traditionally we had all these sort of managers yeah. the Tony Pulis 
Harry is Tony Redknapp, Pulis in a know, job at the moment? Uh, I don't know. He's, I know he's, the, he's sort of been in and out, hasn't he? Yeah, because this is the thing, you need to find somebody who's, who's not employed, because who in their right mind, say like Neil Warnock or someone, who's going to step out of a job they're currently in for the remainder of the season with no security? You're not going to do it unless you're probably more like a Sam Ardice where you're financially okay. You know, you can just step in for Newcastle for... He's managed Newcastle before, hasn't he, as well? Sam Allardyce. Big Sam. Yeah. I believe. Has he? Uh, Tony Pulis, for reference, is out of a job. Like, he last managed... Uh, Tony Pulis, Big Mick, they're all on the big names yeah, that for could me, be coming. Just step, bring somebody in who can organise a defence for the remainder of the season, because okay. they've got good enough players, and then you bring in... But beyond that, who are you looking at? Roberto Martinez. has never managed Newcastle. Do you not know? Absolutely rubbish from me, there. Roberto Martinez. For both United, loving, loving for Martinez <laughs> tonight. Yeah. No, I don't know. Just somebody at that kind of level. Okay, but if we take a step back first before we we discuss your manager and team, which we will do before any other business, thoughts on the ownership, thoughts on whether the Premier League should have accepted the Saudi sovereign wealth fund as. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, right? Yeah, because I suppose you, we have had teams you know, like Chelsea, like mm-hmm. Manchester City, whose ownership has been called into question before. Yeah. And, you know the dubious nature of you know, how they may have collected their money. Um, I think the difference here with the Saudi Arabia takeover is there are very legitimate concerns and very legitimate accusations against the regime for you know their treatment of journalists, mm-hmm. I think particularly you know, the the death Jamal of Khashoggi. exactly yeah. that. Um, and I think that's a lot more concerning than you know this idea of the slightly dodgy um, you know, dealings of perhaps a Roman Abramovich, for example. Yeah, this, is, th- a, this is a legitimate. Um, basis for have, having nothing to do with yeah. that. Do you think that's the big difference then? Because I think it is. That with, say, Sheikh Mansour and with Roman Abramovich, these are personal wealth. Dubiously got. Yeah. But whereas this is a nation sovereign wealth fund who have explicitly murdered a journalist yeah. and also have very clear human rights issues. But you know, people are making a, a deal out of this is why the Premier League originally didn't allow them. This wasn't why the Premier League originally didn't allow them. It's because the Saudis were pirating the Premier League. That's yeah. why they yeah. originally weren't letting it. It wasn't human rights. But do you think human rights and those issues have a place to be discussed in football and is a reason for ownership well, look, not I mean, to be let in? Th- th- let's be honest. It's blatant sports washing what they're doing. There's yes. no need for any yeah. papers to, or anyone to say, oh, they might know. We know what they're doing because not just in football. We've got the Formula One going there now this year. It started with the boxing yeah. last year. But I think the argument that has to be made is is in those 18 months. It's, I think we it, it really started or it became on people's radar when they hosted the the uh, second uh, Joshua yes. Ruiz fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you saw that event, and I think that was when it began. But I think since then, how much, and, and during that period and now, how much more are we talking about what's going on there? And, you know, time will tell whether actually it's going to lead to change. Yeah. Same for Qatar. But I think you have to think that we would rather them be there and then be in the room than leaving them, than ignoring them. That was Gary Neville's argument, wasn't it? It the was. Other, the other night, it yeah, was. That it was, bring them to the table at the very least have them in the fold and it's an argument that's made across different kind of political you know arguments all the time is you'd rather have them in the fold than out but do you think this is 
too far. The line has been drawn. For me, it's it's, it's a it, it is a difficult one. Um, for me, I wouldn't blanketly take away the human rights or whatever. I don't like the idea of a nation owning a football club. Like fundamentally, I think you have it. It's dubious with Sheikh Mansour and with the PSG ownership and whatever. But that is still private wealth. When you have explicitly a sovereign wealth fund owning a football club, for me, that without the human rights issues, which I do think are real issues, which should be taken account into ownership. I think as well the idea of a nation owning a football team as well is, is uh, I'm not for. Yeah, it is, it's not good at all. <laughs> but if I, and, and I, you know, I, that there are so many bad elements of that ownership of Newcastle. However, the good things, and there are a couple... I like the fact that Mike Ashley is now not involved in yes. football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Newcastle fans hated him so much. Um, and and you know, understandably so. Absolutely. I also didn't realise that he had a bad record with Rangers as well. He invested in Rangers mm. when they were down and out, and it didn't go well at all either. He didn't treat it well. Yeah. Either. And and I, I you know, as I said earlier, I live with two Newcastle yeah. fans. I'm going to be quite happy. Uh, it's going to be good to not hear them complaining about Mike <laughs> Ashley and his horrible ownership. Um, so, so I think that's a, quite a big positive. Um, you know, we're not going to have Sports Direct FC in the Premier League anymore. Oh, St James's Park is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> great stadium though. Yeah, but sports are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty shocking. Um, and then the other good thing is, you know. Seven of 20 teams uh, in the Premier League now have these huge, huge owners. I mean, yeah. obviously, everyone who in the Premier League who owns a football team has a huge owner. But, but seven of them have really huge owners mm -hmm. who, who would put a, a lot, a lot of cash behind their teams. Um, and, and that, you know, Newcastle, who are a team who, you know pretty much in a relegation battle every season um, in recent history. Them getting these new heavy-hitting owners, they're owners that, that are, are going to pour and pour cash into the team, probably. You know, it is going to make the league more competitive. Who's going to get the top seven spaces? Uh, and, and where are teams going to finish within those top seven? You know, what happens to West Ham now? You know, the, who are always kind of in the lower... You, you know, fighting for the for the European places, um, the lower European places. What's going to happen to them if Newcastle overtake them? I, d I do think it's a good point. I mean, you're talking about West Ham, Leicester as well. Yeah. Another one where it increases competitiveness by increasing one good team, yeah. but it's it creates it, it cements a divide between the top teams and the lowest financially. So, Harry, any any last thoughts about the ownership well, I, before we move on to the I what think, we do with I the think team? the city of Newcastle deserves mm, agreed yeah you know so a good football team yeah um, you know St James's Park is one of the top stadiums in the country the just the level of support and passion in the city for the Magpies is fun, is phenomenal yeah and yeah, I think yeah. they deserve more than they've been getting over the last you know 10-15 years under Mike Ashley a kind of ambivalence towards the club you know no real directed spending uh, you know directionless under you know with, with managers you know with Rafa you know there was optimism there but you know I think the city and I think you know 
we can talk about sports washing all we want and I think that is a real concern but just you know for the local area as well I think there'll be vast yeah. investment um, and I think you know regardless of where this money is coming from I don't feel particularly well placed to discuss the, yeah. the morality of, uh, of, of this and of perhaps of football in general but there is great cause for optimism I think for you know for the Geordies definitely and with that optimism Henry I'll come to you first who do Newcastle bring in as manager and what who would be your marquee signing well I mean I think we have we were having this debate um, I think fundamentally you can talk about all of these players that are going to come to Newcastle yeah. but you've still got to persuade them to live in the northeast mm -hmm. rather than coming to London and the teams there no and, and 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 coming to be the pioneers of this project and that's a uh, that's something that you know you can pay them as much money in the world as they want if they yep. their family their children their wives their kids want to be in London then I they will sign for Chelsea we forget and it will be football. difficult to attract I think the very top players yeah. and that has been historically a problem for Newcastle going back for years and years and years trying to compete with Manchester and London as cities and the North East as a region I think it's been a big problem for them and they've really struggled to yeah. attract players beyond, uh, beyond that I've gone off on a tangent I think the answer to your question is I, I, I mean I've I always would advocate for English managers to to get a chance so I think Eddie Howe is a really good shout yeah. I think it's the perfect bridge job for him now I think after he's had a break from the game hasn't he he's he would I think do a really good job there I think they need uh, they need you know he's got the relationship with Callum Wilson who I think is a brilliant striker and yeah. is is uh, is doing will do a good job for them and, and probably he's got a his brilliant goals, bicycle kick sensational <laughs> and his goals will probably keep them up this season uh so I think that if that, that can be the start of something. I mean, I think we don't quite know what the level of investment is going to be yeah. and what this kind of, are they signing, going to be starting signing players like James Tarkovsky or are they going to start by signing players of who are playing in the Champions League at the moment? We yes. don't yet know. But I think that game against Tottenham and that whole occasion, I think, gave a glimpse of what the club could be. And I think if they can get it going, I think it could be quite a quite a special ride for the Newcastle I think it's going to take a lot of time yeah. I think there's a lot of people saying this is happening it's going to be amazing and we're going to sign Mbappe and we're going to do this and that but I think it's going to take serious you know you look at how long it took Man City and PSG they still haven't done it still yeah. haven't quite re reached where they want to go so I think um, I think Eddie Howe would be the I, I would think about him I don't know if we've got any other managerial suggestions well yeah in, in terms of well, it, 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 oh gosh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all pans out because they could move, they could make marquee signings as early as January, yep. which is pretty thrilling. But but at the same time, you know, there, I was speaking about this uh, with some people recently, and and we were saying that you know that they're first going to need to get European football, and then they'll be able to attract better talent, and then you know they'll qualify for the Champions League, and then and then start pressing for the league title. But it is about making those first movements. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're not going to get a star-studded managerial mm. lineup immediately. I reckon Eddie Howe is a great shout, um, and and then but but really, you know, the sky is the limit for them. Mm. As long as as long yeah. as the the new owners are are willing to invest a, a, a significant amount, which which they are, which they are, 
then it's going to be it's they're, they're winning the league within 10 years yeah I can't remember who said it but someone I think it was Green, Graham Souness said he was like yeah you, Newcastle are going to win the league it yeah. will happen and I yeah. so, for me Roberto Martinez is he's a step above Eddie Howe and a step above Graham Potter who are the other two that I've thought about not I'm not saying he's a better manager because I don't believe that he's a bigger name and I think that's what they want as well you've got, I think you've got to think this isn't just about and it's see I don't want Newcastle to go down the QPR route where you just sign mm. a load of like good players with names and whatever and it absolutely goes to pot but what I think they will want to do is they'll want to bring in names the ownership to cement that kind of you know what do you call it kind of well, to make a splash, right? yeah, yeah, to, and to the kind of reputation their, their based, arrival. yeah. So uh, for me, Roberto Martinez, especially if he has a team which he has, I think he's a much better coach than he is a all-round kind of Alex Ferguson-esque manager. So if you get him paired with the right director of football and uh, they work together, I think that could work quite well. So, and also my uh, marquee signing that I'd make, yes, tell us, James Ward Prowse. I wouldn't call that a marquee signing. I would do. So. I would do. I think, no, maybe not marquee. Essential. Essential. Okay, yeah. I think in January. Uh, get him in. No, I don't think you're going to get him in January. Okay. I thought I think you'll get him in the, in the summer because for me, there is a <laughs> there isn't a massive depth of brilliant creative midfielders out there, especially attainable without Europe, and you know who are willing to potentially relocate to the northeast. I think James Ward Prowse is a, is an underrated midfielder I think there is a reason that he's on the cusp with England and I think if you're Newcastle and you want to create a solid team you need that Falcon in the middle and I think he gives you that I think if you look at teams like City when they first won they had Gareth Barry in the midfield I'm not saying James O'Brien is anything like Gareth Barry but they had these kind of players who were solid Premier League players but wouldn't set the world alight I think if you bring in like a James Ward Prowse and then you can make maybe like a really flashy winger signing um, or whatever but like bringing like a James Ward Prowse and a James Tarkovsky um, and potentially even like an Ivan Tony, and you've just got a spine of a team yeah. there which could definitely get you Europe I like the Ivan Tony shot I think good shot I, I, I don't disagree with you I think that these the Saudis are probably going to want to make a splash quickly yes and I think that might be a downfall in some sense in that they have all this money to spend but are they going to spend it in a smart way that's my that's my fear also yeah. given the whole world knows that they have all this money to spend as well it's what it's 10 times richer than Sheikh Mansour mm. yeah. yeah and as you said I think teams can start inflating their prices because they know Newcastle are going to be in the, in the market for players I worry that they're going to go after these established names that aren't quite cutting I would you know I worry they're going to they'll spend like 70 million on Felipe Coutinho who seems to have sort of fallen off a cliff in these last two years or you know, other players who've always been linked with a Premier League move, like a kind of Koulibaly, who's now coming to, you know, the twilight of his career. And I think they'd be much better off going for younger players who have something to prove and not, Definitely. you know, disgruntled, you know, perhaps a disgruntled I player like Anthony Martial Ooh, or yeah. Jesse Lingard, these players who, you know, we've seen that they do have the talent, but... I think it also might be an idea to try and raid foreign academies. Especially, especially, especially like, like Madrid and Barcelona, Rui Puki, players like that. I think it'd be, you know, not for the immediate, but they're the kind of signings you want to make. Yeah, you know. I think if they they're sensible and they, it depends how long that they want the project to be. Right. Mm -hmm. If they think they're going to win the league in the next two years, they're going to come unstuck very quickly because they'll lump a load of 
you know once talented players together but they probably won't click and i think if they take a more uh, you know slower more methodical approach as you said looking for these younger academy players um and these you know players like jesse lingard as i said who have something to prove and yeah. you have shown it i think i think that's a much more sensible way to go but who knows and um, that's all to come but it'll be yeah. fun so what yeah no i, I think the other one i just thought of chiesa Chiesa, great, great. That, that's a nice, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a nice balance, I think, right? Yeah. You get the exactly. the marquee name, but yeah. also someone who's young and black and white. I mean, to black and white won't be that difficult. I'm pretty sure Charing and Newcastle are pretty similar yeah, places. I, so. I agree. Black yeah. and white to black and white. Dybala, he's, he's pretty disgruntled. That would be a huge sign. And he's not too old, is he? No, he's get, again, seven around yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. That'd be, that's a very good chart. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I'll tell you what got me thinking of that. Um was the suggestion of Coutinho, who I think is is one of the biggest frauds in football. <laughs> um, him and him and um, Roberto Martinez, they, they would make quite the pair. Because so I think they'd really get found out at Newcastle. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, you know what I think of myself as a football player. I think I'm better than than Philippe Coutinho. <laughs> wow. gen- genuinely. You know, what's funny is the minute he left Liverpool, they started winning things, right? Yeah. How gutted were you? You must have been beyond. Were you gutted? When I was he left? gutted when he left. When I saw the figure, I was over the moon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was. He was really good. But he and he, because of the players around him, he was. He was the thing winning those games. And like, the, I watched the compilation of the goals he scored the other day. Like, that was incredible. Right, yeah. But 142 million. <laughs> yes, he, please. That started. That started the domino effect of, oh, yeah. of Messi leaving Barcelona. Yeah, 100%. Because I think they thought they'd done Suarez for 78 million. And with the inflation in football, it was probably a similar amount of money. Yeah. Um, and Suarez, obviously, potentially at one point, the greatest player in the world. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. Um, that were early Barcelona days. So I think they thought, oh, you know, Liverpool must be producing these good players. We've got another one here, Philippe Coutinho. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, them, yeah. He was Jurgen. He worked because uh, when he was at Inter Milan before he came to us, he was didn't do anything. You know, it was Jurgen Klopp got him playing. It's as simple as that. And between Barcelona's aging squad, shocking management, he was never going to make it. But uh, to be fair to him, at Bayern he played quite well. So. Hey. Speaking of Barcelona, did anyone actually notice it was El Clasico this weekend? No. I, what was the score? I believe Real Madrid won 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. Apparently David Al- Alaba scored a, a screamer. I've not seen it. But I kind of think that's <laughs> some, that's, that's a bit of a talking point, really. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. idea it was happening. No Ronaldo, no Messi. Um, I think they, David they, Alaba not scored. Not the same. He, yeah. Aguero that. scored in the last minute. Or like 97th minute or something. And I don't know if this is a reflection maybe of yeah, us not know. doing enough... Uh, Research before the game. <laughs> no, because um, normally our class could be massive. I'd be well up for it, yeah. but it's it, just... I just noticed it had a very little kind of yeah. piece on uh, BBC Sport underneath all the Premier League stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. How far? How far they've fallen? It, it, it is really weird to see yeah. and and to think about that. And it is. It's entirely Ronaldo and Messi. Oh yeah. You know, when when they were at those clubs, though, it was no accident that those two clubs. Yeah. You know, it's it. They were the biggest in the world. It is a case of like which came first the chicken or the egg but um 
But well, I'd say it's not even it's not even Messi and Ronaldo per se because I think it goes back before that. I think it's superstars. You know, I think you had the days at Bar- Barcelona. You had Ronaldinho, and you were coming up against a, a Madrid team with Roberto Carlos and Beckham and Figo, and Figo just switched and whatever. You had storylines. You had superstars. Now it's like, all right, you have two teams who supposedly don't like each other but <laughs> it's not really that much animosity and yeah. they play each other and it was by all accounts pretty boring and Madrid won I mean <laughs> yeah essentially and then yeah just this lack of if you yeah just the lack of talent I think also yeah. big names lacking it's, like, it's could, strange, could, you, right? could you be honest could you name the Barcelona starting no, no no absolutely no not. way so, uh, I mean five years ago could you yeah absolutely easy yeah, it was, they were the best team in the M- world. Madrid right? the same, probably. Yeah. But no, yeah, could not tell you either mm. of them. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think <laughs> of Barcelona's midfield. And what, what's the future for those two teams, then? Do we think, you know, Barcelona before, you know, the 90s were... Yeah. You know, Real think, Madrid, of course, historically the biggest team in world football. Yeah. Barcelona before Messi, Barcelona strangely, have, weren't as big as people's teams remember. They have to go back to La Masia. They have to find their identity. They have to hire Xavi again. Again. Well, this time as a manager. Um... And they just have to bring back that DNA. Madrid just need, I don't know, Galacticos again. Yeah, I think yeah, it's the only yeah. way it works in Madrid. Well, I'm anxious to get to any other business. Yeah, <laughs> I think yes, we'll be, we we'll must. Be, we'll be cut off otherwise. Um, we've had a little think about Durham colleges. Yeah. And were we able to put them into a starting eleven? Where would each college play? What position, I suppose? Do you know what I'm quite interested for on this? Who people fleshed out? Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the most damning thing. It is. Uh, well, let me, anybody got let used me, to let me start <laughs> off because of as a first year, my knowledge of all the colleges is lower than I suspect the three of yours. So my thoughts initially were, and then you can build the team around yeah. around it. I thought what, what you've got to start with is you've got to start with the old colleges, the old Bailey College, as Bailey Colleges, Hatfield, etc. And you've got to think these are they're, they're doing a job. They're yeah. experienced. They've seen it all before. They're, they're James never, they're never going to let you down. They're there. They're going to come on. They're going to take the ball to the corner. They're they're never injured. They're ever present. It's what you need to win titles. Mm. So I think they've got to be right in the midfield straight away because they're never going to they're never going to let you down. They're never going to put in less than a seven out of ten. I disagree. I disagree. I think you can split the Bailey into two. Into I, two. I think you've oh, got your likes of your your, your Johns and your Chads and your Coffs, and I think they're all this mould, right? They are. Yeah, they're workhorses. Okay. And I think you've got Castle and Hatfield. And they are aging, arrogant. And players. they're on, they're on their own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Th- these are players who overestimate their ability. You know that they, they are, they are getting on, and they're Good just shout. not quite there. You know, I'd say maybe a bit like an Ibrahimovic, but the fact is, he proves he's still good. So maybe, yeah. maybe not. I'm trying to think of an old player who really rated themselves, but just wasn't quite at the races. Ooh, um, because not not Cavani either, because he's yeah, proved he's, he's really good. good. What about like late years Wayne Rooney? Yeah, well, Everton Mark II when yeah he, he sort of hung around well he wasn't actually that old he was the, but no he was actually really quite young <laughs> but he just <laughs> he sort of off a cliff and I think he kind of yeah. the name Wayne Rooney yeah, I think that, I think that's more I think I think they are the kind of players who everybody has maybe, maybe they're not particularly arrogant maybe they don't overestimate their ability but everybody knows they're old everybody knows what they can do and Maybe in a bit more of a mould of a Berbatov. They don't really do anything, but then they score. Yeah. You yeah. know. Big moments. Yeah. yeah. Playing moments. You, well, I've actually... I've So, well, my choice for those two quarters of Hatfield and Castle. Hatfield, yeah. I've decided, are the manager because the dad will get them the job, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no offence to anyone. Very good. Very good. And then, yeah, Castle, oldest college in Durham. I think yeah. they're, they're uh, going to... Yeah, 
they're in the lineup. Some wisdom, okay, yeah. yeah, tactical fouls. You know, they'll they'll so they'll the, keep see the defensive, out. defensive midfielder. Yeah, exactly that. Right. My my pairing. This is my favourite one. I'm going to give a shout out to Van Milde at college here. They're they're Van Milde, allegedly the most eco-friendly college in Durham. Wow, proud to say. Which means I think they're going to recycle possession a lot. <laughs> That's such a stretch. Yeah. Um, so they're going to keep things ticking as, you know, my, my number six, double pivot. Um, wow. Yeah, Van Milden Castle. So there. for reference, what you're playing a 4 2 3 one. I'm playing a 4 2 3 one. I chose this because I thought I'd be inspired by Jose Mourinho you know, in, in his days at Chelsea, 4 2 3 one. He sometimes played 4 3 3 in the early days, but second spell, 4 2 3 one. I've chosen this because, you know, everyone here, three year degree. Jose Mourinho would always have a breakdown in the third year, and I feel like that's what <laughs> most Durham students head for. First two years, great, and then you actually have to take your exams. Can confirm down. that is what happens. So there you go. Uh, but I, see, I, just, I disagree with that formation. What have you I got think for? Where, we're at a college in England, Harry. So we're playing 4 4 2. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think whenever you do this sort of novelty. You know, put, put your put your different types of pasta. Oh, this is serious. <laughs> put your different types of pasta in a in a starting formation for football. I, th- I think it, you always need to go for the. Let's do that next week. <laughs> yeah. we, we, you always have to go for the the bog standard four four two. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you can you, still play your team midfielder. So you can I still, can. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's fine. Goalkeeper. Actually, for me, that's yeah, Hillbead. Let's, let's run. Let's run through. Tell us. Tell us by position, why, why Hillbead. Hillbead for a goalkeeper because a goalkeeper is. On their own, a goalkeeper is, you know, not normally that embedded into the team. You know, the, the whole goalkeeper union, they train separately, but every now and again they come together. The Bailey and Hill game. Um, yeah. You know, so for me, a bit eccentric. No, you hard know, to argue with bit, that one. I think for me, he'll bead. I don't, you, nice. I think, have you put them somewhere else? So I put he'll bead up top for a very similar reason, right? Yeah. When the, so I'm, because I'm playing this Jose Mourinho style of football, right? Striker can often be a bit isolated. The rest, everyone else is working quite hard. He'll yeah. beat on their own. They're used to it, right? They're separated from everyone else. And they sometimes they've got to feed on, on the scraps of the Jose Mourinho uh, team while everyone else is sat back. So he'll be very experienced in this isolated role from the rest of the Durham uh, colleges. So, so what do you think? If we're going to take a vote on where he'll beat is, I'm, I'm goalkeeper, Harry. Yeah, I'm saying they're up front. What do you think? I, I think goalkeeper works for me. Yeah, I'm I agree. I agree. Goalkeeper. So at the moment we've got Hillbeat Hill in goal. We've got a midfield two with a well, pivot. I've, I've gone for Milder and Carson. Can't, can't what, argue with that. Can, are we, are what right about the fullbacks? Fullbacks. So my left back is Gray. Okay. That, ju- just because. Um, Gary Neville played left back. Or was it right back? Right back. Right, 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 okay, right, so right back. Right back. Why? Okay. Why? Phil never uh, played a left back for a bit. <laughs> so. Just because, you know, you, you know that quote that was um, uh, Jamie Carragher famously said, "No one grows up <laughs> wanting to be a Gary Neville." You know, it, it's kind of. A, I, I just view it as a bit of a, bit of a, you know, unseasoned position. That's a good. Yeah. And I like this. I was. I was thinking this. It's. If we take fullbacks to mean what they were ten years ago, yeah, and not now yeah, where they're actually quite glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. But if we take it, I think Carragher also said, you know, when you grow up, you either want to be a, if you're a fullback, you're either a failed centre back or a failed yeah. winger. Yeah. What were you, Gary? I was a failed centre back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that, right? Um, I so I think I'm happy to settle on great. I'm happy right with great at right yeah. back. I'll, yeah. I'll offer my left back. Yeah. One, um, and a bit of bit of backstory for this. So in my in my year off between university and uh, and school, I I worked in a school. So did I. Oh, very nice. So I, uh, I it's just a school where you got absolutely rinsed by by seven-year-olds. Yes, yeah, yeah. by playing football, they were yeah. far better than me. <laughs> but I did learn a few things when I was coaching. 
um, and the head of sport there said, so I was, I was managing a fixture, and he said, and I said, I don't know where to play this guy, and he said, worst player on the pitch, hide them at left back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've decided to pick the most irrelevant St. Aidan's. I don't... Yeah, right. I, I had the exact same. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, who wants to be there. They can... We can hide them at left back. Right. Hopefully, you know, not, not too much will mm -hmm. go on. Um... They can survive the game, but yeah. you know who will. No one wants to be a left back. No one wants to go to Saint. That's fair. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy is, with that. This is good. So so, 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 so we got the two. So, so we need two centre backs. Ollie, so. did you have you had you talk, you had a suggestion for centre back? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I I I said this on the group chat this afternoon <laughs> that we have. Um, I, Such a good show. For, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> centre back. I have Trevs. Trevelyan College because of I think I, I get up the exact message uh, <laughs> for their strong hexagonal structure <laughs> <laughs> do, do um, you guys know why uh, Trevs is a hex, a hex no tell us no. because this is genuinely true when it was made um, apparently according to the architect women get angered by right angles but it's what? absolutely rubbish. What? It's just sexist. What? But yeah, that's the the architect of Trevs said that women get angry at right angles, so they made a. <laughs> Did he say that before, or after he had designed? I reckon he's designed it. They've gone. What on earth is that? He's gone. <laughs> I, he's gone oh, I, don't, that. I don't know. Women get angry. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going. Yeah. For. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I'll offer um, another centre back. Another centre well, back. I've got centre back partners here. Yeah. Oh. Well, I suppose Trevs could actually work into this. They've I've got for St John's and Stevenson. Partly because I think John and Steve-O are just the perfect Sunday league centre backs. <laughs> Number four and five. John, I don't know, Steve. I, I, think, I think John, John and Trev. I think John and Trev would also John work Trev very could well. Be good. Yeah, yeah. John, Trev, no nonsense. Sunday league. Yeah. If in doubt, kick it out. Yeah. Brexit <clears throat> football. Yeah. Right. Yes. For me, for me though, Milder seems a lot more Brexit football than John's. John's, you know, is kind of beautiful. Nah, but to be fair, you're, to be you're fair. talking to Van Milder, BT captain. I, I would never describe our cultured footballers. We but play also, with finesse and style. It's a rather robust <laughs> midfielder, anyway. You're recycling the ball, so I think you've I got. I think we could. I think this is, this is turning into a we're solid. We're going to have to hurry up. We've got four. So minutes surely left. on the right, it's, or on the wing, it's got to be south somewhere. New blood, new energy, vibrant, fresh, Le left wing inverted. Left wing inverted. That's what I'm saying. Evolve the team. I really yeah. like that. Good. Right. Uh, on the other wing. Right wing. I well, I thought St Chad's is the for two reasons. One, Chad. You know, you get this idea of an American scholar coming in. Chad. Oh, like Chad. that. <laughs> also, St Chad's smallest Durham College. Diminutive. diminutive. Yes. <laughs> Buzzword. Diminutive yeah. playmaker. I'd love. Low to center have. of gravity. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of Eden Hazard. Perfect. Uh, you know, up, Messi. Up top. I'm gonna put straight on Collingwood. They start up front. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they just inevitable. Starman yeah. up top. No, I I had them in central midfield just because they're Starman in midfield. I think I think there's a there's a workman like midfield going on here, and I think with the with the striker, I think it's big, big centre yeah. forward. I, I think I like that. Yeah. I think it's a little man though. I think they're more of a Defoe-ass character, and I think oh, you need I a big man next to them. Yeah, mm. which is which is the big man up top. While you have a think of that, I'll offer one more. I, th I think St John's most religious college, right? They might be. I I'd have them as a playmaker, divinely inspired. They'd be seeing passes that no one else could see, and also, you know, we're thinking of hand of God, Diego Maradona. Perhaps St John's would have, you know, a similar kind of, you know, Who's that divine figure on on side. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. there could I, be a substitute. For me, the big man up top, Jobo, because it is just up 
the top Good. of the hill. So uh, uh, there aerial presence. Aerial, aerial presence. presence. So Hillbead in that. Yeah. Back two of John and John and Trev. John and John and Trev. Trev. Yeah. Uh, left back. St. Aidan. Gray, gray at right back. Gray at right back. Midfield two of South. Well, I was no, thinking Mildred, Mildred and Castle. Mildred and Castle. South on the right. South yeah. on the right. South, south on the left. South on it? the left. On the right, it was Chad. Chad. Nice. Up top, Collingwood. And Jobo. Managed by Hatfield. Managed Sensational. By How good was that? That's a perfect team. So, a thank you, everybody, for joining. It's been a really good first show. Yes. Yeah. Also, just before we go off the air, I want to remind everybody of the uh, the boycott tomorrow night on clubs because of the massive issue that we currently have with spiking. And I'd also encourage anybody to potentially think about striking for the whole week as well until we sort out the problem, which is plaguing our campus at the moment. But thank you guys yeah, for thank joining. You, thank, thank you for you. the first sports feed. Thank you so much, everyone. Yep, and uh, we will be back same time next week. Before that, please do tune into our commentary on Wednesday, and we also will hopefully have one on Saturday. Stay tuned for that. Thank you very much thank for you. joining Sports Feed. And good. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.